Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of the Cult Popcher podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch or get two extra exclusive podcasts a month, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash cultpopshire. Hello Wayne. world and welcome to another episode of the Cult Popshire podcast, specifically film franchise Fortnites, where myself, AJ, and, and myself, my Ri- Richard, Richard, um, we cover a different film franchise every fortnight. And I want to begin this episode, Richard, an, an episode that while we haven't recorded it yet, obviously... It's almost assuredly going to be over two hours long. I'm going to assume if you've just discovered the Cop Popshire podcast, you're probably not going to click on the over two hour long episode. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to give a little. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Watch a different one. Listen to a different one. Um, The people who theoretically aren't hearing you say that. Um, I do want to to put out a little message to our current fan base. Um, Because we have had maybe four or five messages sent to us or comments on it on videos or whatever over the last maybe month and a half and they're all saying very similar things richard they're saying something along the lines of i can't believe you guys have under a thousand subs i can't believe you don't have a hundred thousand subs that kind of thing like people more and more people are coming to us and being like what's wrong with you why don't you have more subs i'm guessing it's because they think our content's good. What do you think? Yeah, or maybe they just don't realize how, like, subscribers work. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, every time you breathe, you get a sub. <laughs> <laughs> no, they just think that, like, that they're, they're, it's, a, it's a number that's, you know, handed out by the YouTube gods based on yeah, yeah. how good your talent is. Yeah. Yeah, so I want to address this question of our um, our small but loyal following and why we don't have more people listening because we're not very good (laughs) well i think it's because i think part of it is being from new zealand we're not awake at the same time as the rest of the world so we're not the time if we try to (laughs) we're trying to get stuff out into the world it's at like 4 a.m in america or whatever something like that but another reason is um reddit doesn't really like it when you post your own stuff so we can't really resort to that very often so what I want to say to you guys, everyone listening to this, if you're a fan, this is like, if you've ever gone to church and you've listened to the, the pastor talk about tithes and offerings, this is going to be a very similar speech. <laughs> if you're new here, you don't have to, all right? But if you're not new here, if you've been coming here for a while, you have to. what I would, me and Richard would love you to do is to spread the word. Um, I'm tentatively calling this hashtag join the cult it's not necessarily a hashtag it's just something to keep in mind um and what what join what hashtag join the cult means is i want you 
every person listening to this who listens to us fairly regularly to tell two people about this podcast tell two people hey have you heard of cult popture it's this podcast if you if every one of our like say 200 ish regular listeners told two people how many is that richard that's like a hundred thousand subs that's it so that's the key so we're putting this up the top of the episode because i know that you know you get to the point where we're like well go and like us on facebook and it's like i don't listen to that in my favorite podcast so why would you guys like so i get it so i want to put this up the top to try and um ask to to plead to 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 try and um get you guys to spread the word word of mouth is the best marketing for a podcast so hashtag join the cult hashtag hey have you heard about cult popshire tell your friends about us because we want to be as big as we think we are (laughs) as our inferiority complexes Mm. tell us we are and as our youtube commenters lament that we're not we want our subscriber account to match the size of our tummies we want our subscriber account to match not only the size of our tummies but the size of our hearts, the the amount the amount of work that we put into <laughs> each episode of this as well. So that'd be really cool if people could go and tell two friends about this podcast. That's all I wanted to say. Let's get into it, Captain Richard. Like Captain, Captain Richard, Richard um, reporting for duty. <laughs> Except I don't have to report for duty because I am the captain. Uh, yeah. So anyway, this is a podcast where um, we watch a different film franchise every two weeks and. This week, because it is Halloween at the end of this month, we thought we would cover the spookiest franchise of all time, the aptly titled <gasps> Halloween. Oh my god! Alright, so this film, this franchise is uh, 11 films long. Whoa. Is that, how many times have we done 11 this you is know? the first time. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Bit of up top random trivia, which we've been saving for the end. Um, and I have got well, quite a lot end, of it. But the... um, oh, you've got more at the end. Okay. I've definitely got more. Um, so this, uh, this started in 1978 with the film mm-hmm. Halloween, directed by John Carpenter. Wow. Uh, and AJ, what is Halloween about? So it's about this little kid named Michael Myers who one night he just decides to murder his sister and then 15 years later after he's been sent to a mental asylum um he escapes and heads back to his hometown of Haddonfield Illinois where he uh dons a creepy mask and sets out to murder a bunch of teenagers um the only survivor of the of his onslaught is a 17 16 year old girl 17 i believe yeah Yeah, 17 year old girl named laurie strode played by jamie lee curtis who manages to more or less outwit but not really she just kind of survives um michael myers and then he is shot down by his own psychiatrist one dr samuel loomis and when they go and look off the balcony that they shot him off michael myers has disappeared and so this was Jamie Lee Curtis's first film role. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sam Loomis, as well as played by Donald Pleasance, who you might recognize as Blofeld from You Only Live Twice. 
You only live twice, Mr. Bond. That's the, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, so, obviously this, this film is a horror classic. <laughs> and uh, what would you say it is on Rotten Tomatoes? See, this is an interesting question because its place in movie history would lead me to place it somewhere in like the high 80s but i know that something like friday the 13th has like 30 percent so i actually have no idea i don't even want to guess because Mm. i'm not basing it on anything right well what would you guess well i would guess um (laughs) you don't um, want to but you have to let's go let's guess 78 after the year it came out in ah a good guess (laughs) but wrong um no it's 93 percent well that's really high yeah. That's higher than the than Friday the Thirteenth, and definitely higher than um, uh, Hellraiser. Is it higher than Nightmare Nightmare on Elm Street? I'm pretty sure it's higher than Nightmare Friday or Hellraiser. You ever got? Oh wow! There you go. That's interesting. But yeah, this is this is considered you know a classic. And what did you think of it? Um, I didn't like it. <laughs> uh, no, look. Here's the thing. I think. It's considered a classic because it was the first one. It was the first slasher film. It was the first serial killer kills well, off a it bunch wasn't of the teenagers. First slasher film. The it first wasn't... slasher film, as we learnt in Scream, was Peeping Tom, which was the first film to put you on the point of view of the killer. Ah, oh, okay, for sure. But this was the first big one where you get all the tropes from, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I think yeah, I sure. think for that reason it gets it's got its place in history as as a little more sacred. Um, I did I didn't hate it. I thought that it's very slow burning. It's very oddly paced. Um, there's a couple really odd like editing decisions in it, which I kind of liked at the same time. Like there's one one part where. Laurie's walking home from school and she looks she looks up the street and sees Michael Myers standing like 20 feet away from her just in behind a hedge and it's kind of played as a jump scare but also kind of not and I I was kind of conflicted by it because I was like I don't like how unscary this kind of feels that you just look up the street and it's you know it's the middle of the day he's not hiding she's seen what he looks like and doesn't really react to like it's that scary but then at the same time it's wonderfully unnerving so and maybe i guess that's probably what they were going for um yeah i i think maybe it's a there's a a great tv trope on tvtropes.com called seinfeld isn't funny um yeah which is basically saying people don't find seinfeld funny because you've heard all the jokes before, but those jokes were invented by Seinfeld. And so I wonder if with Halloween, it's a bit of that, that like all the stuff I've seen done before in later movies that was improved upon or like crafted better. And so you get the original and it's less um, effective, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that uh, maybe it's more as well that you're desensitized. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, but like there is still a lot to be said for uh I don't know, just like the the mastery of the craft of filmmaking of totally. John Carpenter. Yeah. I agree. Like so this this was made on a budget of three hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars and 
they like when he went to the studio to pitch it they were currently making a film with Lawrence Olivier that cost $300,000 a day right and so they were like yeah fuck you can you can do it and it's um it made 47 million dollars off that budget and it's one of the most profitable films of all time in mm-hmm. terms of investment versus um thing. i think the, the most profitable film of all time is the blue watch project no nice. uh, paranormal activity nice. yeah, yeah. um but this is like seventh i think okay um but yeah no there is and i think it's similar in uh seeing so many sequels and like something like this is clear in like the gus van sant remake of psycho yeah where it's like even if you're technically doing everything the same there there is something that those auteurs like john carpenter and alfred hitchcock they bring to it that elevate it yeah and it's and it, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what that is but it's even harder to fully replicate it it's like how the lost world jurassic park will always be the second best jurassic park movie because even though you could argue something like jurassic world had a lot more classic and better ideas in it the lost world's still a spielberg film and a spielberg film is going to be better than a colin trevorrow film (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah um yeah there's just something something magical about it and this was also like his third film Mm and this was pre the thing yep which is real interesting um, because at one point Laurie is seen yep. watching the thing from another world on 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 TV and I thought it was just the thing and that this came out after and then I asked yeah. you and you were like it's funny you should ask and so <laughs> yeah uh, yeah they watched the thing from another world which John Carpenter remade four years after this came out between this and that he made Escape from New York right which the- is like um, which was another one so he had this like you know upward trajectory because before they said done like assault on precinct 13 the thing is better than halloween like by a Hmm. wide margin (laughs) and i think that's what (laughs) shocked me about what i was expecting in terms of like the expertise of halloween i think i was expecting something like the thing and right it's not (laughs) so maybe i was just let down or slightly disappointed i don't know Hmm. um another thing we talked about um the whole Seinfeld isn't funny and you have uh, this film originating a lot of tropes. This film almost to like a parody level has the um, virgin final girl. Yeah, totally. Where it's like all their friends like come out, have sex and sex up with us. Um, that's the line from the film. And Laurie's like, no, nah, I'm a virgin. I'm, I, I don't have sex because so, I'm a virgin. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's like... It, it, it does feel really dated in the heart like a little bit like we still see it in in films today that like the whole you kind of sex in a horror movie or you die thing especially something like it follows you know mm-hmm. but um yeah the the whole what's it, you know like the pure virgin thing feels very dated would you agree well i would yeah i would agree but i would say as well that the disconnect in halloween is that it's not for any reason other than thematic other than like moralistic reasons like in it follows it's literally how the monster finds you is by having sex when you have sex with someone and then in something like the cabin in the woods you know goes without saying that that's so 
lampshade hanging that it's just like yeah it's a joke and but then even in friday the 13th which is probably out of the like classic late 70s 80s horrors that we've watched friday the 13th is the closest to halloween in terms of its structure because both are like a hulking lunatic going around murdering teenagers um with a mask yeah with a mask exactly um but even in friday the 13th we understand that uh jason Voorhees doesn't like sexual teenagers because that they were doing they were doing that when he drowned so it's like a anger it's a revenge thing Mm. whereas michael myers doesn't really seem to care it's just it's almost coincidence that he you know it's almost fate ordains it that if you're if you're boning then you're going to get murdered yeah well do you know that John Carpenter's actually come out and said it's not a, it's not like a, a virtue play, you know? Right. It's not, they're not trying to be like, you shouldn't have sex. It's more that the people that are too busy having sex are distracted yeah. and get killed. Whereas, and he's, he's like, you know, Laurie's the most sexually frustrated character in the film. Mm. And so she's the one that uses all these like phallic objects like knives on Michael. So it's, it's 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 repressed. Yeah, it's a really great representation for us sexually frustrated people. You know, this is this is our um, this is our Black Panther. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, that'll be the YouTube clip yeah. of the week. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. We've spoke, we just mentioned that uh, the character of Michael Myers wears a mask. Mm-hmm. Did you know, and I know you do because I talked about it earlier in the week with you, but the Michael Myers mask is actually a Captain Kirk, uh, William Shatner mask that was painted white. Mm. Uh, the The budget was so small that the props budget for the mask was about $2. And so they went and found the cheapest mask they could. They came back with a few options. Props department painted it white, made the eye holes a little bit bigger and changed the hair, mm-hmm. and film history was born. Y- yeah. It's strange how, like, so many of these horror, iconic horror masks were accidental, or it's like they didn't realize they were going for something iconic, because, like, like Halloween was born out of budget necessity. Um, you, we, we, on the Scream episode, we talked about how the ghost face mask was, like, one of many options and and was just something they kind of stumbled across and even like friday the 13th it's it's not even introduced till the third film so by the time mm. that the franchise itself is iconic it's already got that level without the mask involved yeah yeah it's what what do you think of of michael as a character so the, he was played by a few different people nick castle tiny moran and tommy lee wallace um but it's funny tommy lee wallace was the props guy so he'd play michael anytime michael had to smash something because he knew like how it was made <laughs> so that he could he could carefully break it if they needed to use it again or whatever nice but also um when you see him briefly without his mask mm-hmm. and apparently for years people have been telling john carpenter like that, that bit terrified me seeing his deformed face that's just tony moran's face <laughs> <laughs> but it's like shot in shadow and it's like real quick and people are like you project onto him what you expect to see is, is it not is kind of quite is the not, does he not have like a bung eye or something i think he has a slightly bung eye but it's not horrific it's just yeah. someone's face yeah yeah um so what did i think of michael myers i thought um i but okay by the end of watching all 11 films i'd say my opinion on him is different 
So maybe I'll reveal that at the end. After watching the first oh, Halloween film. Okay. Yeah, yeah. After watching the first Halloween film, I kind of wasn't <coughs> crazy about him because I was like, I don't understand his motivation. He's just kind of soulless. And like I said before, what I liked about Jason Voorhees is that he's he's doing what he's doing out of like kind of like a misguided act of revenge and we know that freddy is, is doing it for revenge as well we know that hellraiser that um pinhead's just a a soul-sucking demon like we know all these other iconic character iconic horror monsters motivations and to me michael myers because he doesn't speak and he you barely ever see his face and you barely ever see any emotion it was just kind of he's just an unstoppable force and I guess I just didn't find that too interesting in the beginning. Right. But, but maybe. That's really interesting because, yeah, well, I mean, you've said that you weren't crazy about him, but that changed. So obviously that means yeah. you are crazy about him now. I love him. But, uh, <laughs> I want to marry him. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, it's interesting that you're like, well, because that's, I think, what makes Michael so scary is that he doesn't have motivation. He, yeah. Like, because the whole the whole thing and the, the whole series really is about like Michael actually is just pure evil and can pure evil exist and can someone be pure evil? Hmm. But yeah, I think like apparently the, the film was made so you would never be able to relate to Michael. Yeah. Like, you, you're not, not supposed to be a sympathetic villain. You're not supposed to understand him. It's just this unstoppable force, like you said, yeah. which obviously I guess didn't resonate with you. But I mean. Even the actors playing him were told, don't act. Mm. You're like, your motivation is you stand here and by the end of the scene, you stand over there. When she says this word, you start moving and you just walk. Yeah. And I, I'll say it now instead of, I'll probably forget if we hold it to the end. What, what I'll say is I could summarize my feelings now towards Michael Myers with, if Michael Myers wasn't the character he is, the newest Halloween movie wouldn't have worked. Like, the uh, you get so there's a there's a as with as you can imagine with franchises that are 11 films long you get to quite a severe lull in the middle where it's just it's just hmm. such a like slog to get through and i think in those films it was really depressing and, and meaningless but when you get to the more um resonant or significant movies in the series namely h2o or h20 and the new one it's like all this works because of what you're saying that he is almost inhuman and you know he's the shape so he's a mm. he's a force of nature yeah so it it works i think maybe do you know what do you know what this is coming from actually is that oh, tell me AJ. I, I, will, would, I, I, would, I would love to hear hey it. richard i will um so <laughs> do you remember at the end of the hellraiser episode and i'm sorry i keep referencing old episodes this is kind of a advanced episode um but at the end of the hellraiser episode for our continue the franchise i pitched like a modern um cinematic universe for all the all the 80s horror icons and the to me the the like crux of that idea was coming up with what a-list actors they would get to play the characters so like for pinhead i said adam driver and um for jason i said um 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 what was his name? The Dave Batista. Dave, Dave Batista. Yeah, and for for Freddie, I said Adrian Brody, which is an interesting choice. Um, looking back, I don't know what really motivated that, but part of what was frustrating for me is like at, in that episode, I said I'm not familiar enough with Michael Myers's character to know who what A list to cast as him, and having watched the Halloween series, I'm like, well, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because mm. acting ability and like star power is irrelevant to this character, and maybe that makes it better because. 
it should be you shouldn't need star power for a good movie it was just more the the fun of the exercise of casting a-listers in these roles yeah 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 no fair enough yeah um and uh, yeah you mentioned the shape as well and you might as the audience you might hear that um term thrown around a bit throughout the rest of the episode but that he's credited as the shape in the first movie um Mm -hmm. and a couple other ones and so that's kind of what he's known as really Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's like a another like a, an equivalency to give, but like in real yeah. life, yeah, well, no, like, you're I mean, or like, like another movie where it's like someone's called this and this. Well, it's more like that's his serial killer name, right? Like right, you look, yeah, you yeah. like all these like serial killers have the name that the press calls them. So I kind of saw it as that. It's almost like a superhero name or a supervillain name, you know. His secret yeah, identity yeah, yeah. is Michael Myers, but yeah. it's not a secret. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, so, the one of the best things about this film, I think we can both agree, mm-hmm. is the music. Yeah, absolutely. And what's great yeah. about it is that we can't really sing the music to you now because I tried, and it's not one of those tunes you can sing. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Oh, do you know why? Oh. <laughs> I told you earlier in the week that I was um, doing like hours of research for one bit of trivia that I didn't think would even come up, mm-hmm. but you just brought it it's up. It's coming up. <laughs> um, so the the reason that the music is hard to say, I mean, obviously it's an instrumental piece, so it's like hard to sing, but it has got this iconic theme, um, but it's in 5-4 time signature. Now, I don't know if you know a lot about time signatures, <laughs> but you know, most modern songs would be are in four four right so four over four um but you also often get uh, like three over four also is, sounds really natural so um like three three four is um like waltz music kind of stuff mm-hmm. so that means three beats to a measure and um a beat is a quarter note and if i'm wrong tell me but this is this is what i was able to understand in a day i'm talking to the audience not you but anyway so like waltz music goes one two three one two ah, sure. three one two three whereas like a modern pop or rock rock song would normally go one two three four one two three four one two three four but the beat for the um halloween theme song goes one two three four five one two three four five one mm, two three four five it. which is <laughs> i can hear the theme tune to one two three four five yeah and so it's it's quite a rare time signature. You don't see it a lot. However, this is actually our second film franchise with an iconic piece of theme music, which is in five four time signature. Can you guess the other one? <laughs> no, just tell me. I'm just gonna. Be- it's uh, Mission Mission Impossible. Oh, also of course, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, so um, because our ears are so tuned to like three and four, and there's like a bunch of other ones. Is you're gonna get six over eight and shit like that. But um that 4-4 is so like ingrained in our minds from listening to this so that like it feels like it's stuttering or the the notes kind of take you by surprise because you're used to this Mm. pattern but um i've got garage band up on my phone (laughs) all right so it it kind of sounds like this wait that yeah Yeah, no, that, that? yeah, it kind of sounds like that. Jess got real mad at me because I was playing it in the wrong key, apparently. So <laughs> this is what she says it's just sound like. Yeah, 
Something like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's what it is, man. You got it. Um, <laughs> that should be the theme for the next one. Just you doing that. <laughs> Just me trying and, to play. And, and, like the off notes and all. Like when you press, you don't know what mm. one to do next. But it's it's a it's a great piece of music, and it's John Carpenter did the score, and so he used that that rare kind of five four t- um, time signature, which his dad taught him about. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of all we've got to say about Halloween. There is one. Um, the the wider's buzz freeze if he's if he thinks he's an alien mm-hmm. if he thinks he's a space ranger of this franchise mm-hmm. was there a question that you had burning that didn't make sense to you after I, watching this no i don't think so what is it well so michael kills his sister when he's six years old yeah and then he's um chained up for what is it like 11 years i think no more than that no he's not he doesn't go years. into jail immediately not not jail but he's in like a psychiatric yeah, yeah for like yeah. 15 years and he comes yeah. comes out i think he's supposed to be like 21 when he comes out but um he is seen driving around how does he know how to drive oh yeah true how does he know how to drive well it's well i mean because this is this is like the plot hole of this oh, it doesn't make sense the the novelization of the film is like the of is says that just when um dr loomis who was like a psychiatrist would drive him to hearings he just observed him hmm and so yeah there you go um there's a deleted scene and like like rare halloween 1978 (laughs) deleted scene which is um kane hodder who played jason um playing michael myers dressed up like in a driver's ed class (laughs) you can see online so that's like you know like a fun little Uh, answer to that and i did think seeing him drive kind of ruins the mystique a bit like what's well, it it's it's one of the only slasher films with a with a where you see the killer drive it's also like what's the right word it's the only like extracurricular activity you see michael myers do if if murdering is his curricular <laughs> curriculum yeah. then driving is the only other thing you see him do yeah like I, I guess it humanizes him in a film that's trying so hard not to humanize him you know yeah yeah. All right. Well, my, well, my last bit of info about this film is so you know that opens with um, Michael killing his sister because it's like she's there with her boyfriend and then they go upstairs and have sex and one minute and six seconds later after going upstairs to have sex they've finished having sex and he leaves. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> um, yeah. See, so, that, I mean, no, that's the that's the solution. It's not that the sexually frustrated people survive or that the the people the the promiscuous people are the ones that get killed it's the premature ejaculators that get the best of both worlds because they get this to, is they get to, to this get is laid. their captain marvel yeah yeah they get to get laid and then survive because that guy survives the guy survives <laughs> in the story as with as with a lot of films uh you know quite successful so what do you do you got to make a bloody sequel mate mm. So, in uh, 1981, three years later, we got Halloween 2, directed by Rick Rosenthal. And what's that one about, Alex? So, it's uh, on the same night. Um, it's like, you know, there's there's almost no time wasted in between sequels. Um, Laurie, yeah, we see the end of the previous film. Yeah, exactly. Laurie is taken to hospital while Loomis um, teams up with the cops to search for um michael in the in haddonfield but they can't find him um michael ends up figuring out that laurie's at the hospital so he goes there during a power cut murders a bunch of people 
um, tries to get Laurie. The main the main kind of thing people talk about when they talk about Halloween Two is that it's revealed that Laurie Strode is actually a, Michael's long lost baby sister. Um, and so that's that kind of reveals a bit of motivation about him, I guess. I don't know why he wants to kill his his other sister or why he killed his first sister, but that's that's the big thing in Halloween too. Is that like that's the we don't have enough for this to be a memorable sequel. What can we put in it? Kind of vibe. Totally, man. <laughs> and that is, that is why it's in there. Yeah, honestly, that it was like they're like. John Carpenter, Deborah Hill, who was the producer for the first one. Oh, shout like, out to Deborah Hill, to like MVP. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, what up? Bless up. Um, yeah, they they didn't want to do a sequel. They they said it was a standalone movie. You know, but then they uh, they offered John Carpenter uh, a lot of money. They said write the script. Um, he took it so that he could earn back what he believes he was owed for the first one because he he's still to this day never really received much money from the first one. Oh, no. Even though it was this huge thing, um, but. Yeah, basically, he was like, fuck, we need to have a plot twist in here. So, I don't know, why aren't they... What do you, Star Wars was cool. Mm. Let's make them related. Yeah, man. Totally. So, yeah, so it ends with um, Loomis and Laurie and Michael going head-to-head in this uh, hospital where Loomis sets the room on fire and Laurie escapes and both Loomis and... Michael seemingly burned to their deaths and that's the end of the film yeah and this um this this film probably had, what do you think of it um I've actually got I've ranked these films I've started using letterboxd now um to rank oh, films and okay. franchises okay. and I out of 11 I ranked Halloween 2 uh sixth yeah <laughs> yeah, so I, it's, it, yeah it's it's top of the bottom half. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... This one has the most brutal kill, I reckon. Is it the, the hot water one? Yeah. So <laughs> a, a woman's basically drowned in boiling water, and but her face keeps getting pulled out, hmm. and you see... And each time she comes out, a bit more of her skin is peeling off. And it was a, a nasty way to go. No, it's not nice. It, it made me feel very bad. <laughs> I was watching it and I was like, I don't, I was watching it with my, my meme Lord of a teenage sister. And, um, when, when is she, she even more of a meme Lord than you, even more of them, like she says memes. I don't even know. Didn't even understand, man. Oh my gosh. And so this woman's like pulled out of the spoiling water, her skin's falling off her face. And I'm like, Oh, this is horrible. And my, my sister was like, Oh, mood. <laughs> like watching this woman get get burned alive was she was like tag yourself i'm the i'm the woman being drowned in boiling water and stuff like that so i don't know the kids these days man hashtag goals am i right yeah yeah um it used, anyway, it used yeah. to be us man we used to be the the at the forefront of like cool slang because Ri- richard and i are 25 so you know seven oh eight years ago we were in high school, and you still feel like you, you just got out of high school up until maybe five or six years out of high school, or at least I did. No, I, it still feels like I just yeah. got out of high school. I was in high school fucking eight years ago. I, I work with a guy who I like see as my equal, who I was never at high school at the same time as. <laughs> He's younger than people I did peer support for in my final year of high school. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 
So and I I don't see I don't see him as being younger than me. I'm like, yeah, we're equal, and then I fucking feel like an old man. Yeah. So it's it's weird to have a teenage sister who's always saying new memes that I'm like, what are you talking about? What like it took me so long to understand what it means to say mood. Like when you see something, it means for those that don't know, it means like um same. Like it's like going like oh, I feel that. So you see something, you go mood or big mood, and it, this is so lame. This is like yeah, this is fucking lame. Doing AJ. This for like this, well, they, they're called memes, and um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So this we see we Michael Myers comes back, obviously, and we his mask changes a lot throughout all the films, but in this one, it's actually the exact same mask as the first, but somehow. Um, you know the world of the film it, no time passes but his mask becomes all yellowed and the paint gets faded a little bit and the hair kind of gets a bit messed up but it's because they um they gave the mask to deborah hill she stored under her bed and she's like a real heavy smoker so it got stained yellowish <laughs> what a great little piece of trivia that is <laughs> yeah give it to me um, i'll take care of it for the sequel where are you gonna put it deborah <laughs> i don't know i'll put it under my bed we put it uh, under yeah, her it's... bed. Why? Why did you put it under her bed? <laughs> like that should be in a museum. <laughs> it belongs in a museum. But yeah, it's uh, and then at the end of the shoot, they like the they gave the mask and all the props to the actor because like, Michael's never coming back. Mm. Um, but apparently, the guy that played Michael to he to get the role, and this is such like a movie thing. He passed by a room where the Michael Myers mask was on a table. He put it on and they walked into the director's office and just stood there. And he was like, what are you doing? And he would reply. And they took the mask, eventually took the mask off and was like, I want to play Michael Myers. And they were like, you've got the part. Ugh, I hate it. <laughs> that, should, <laughs> that should be a cool story, but it just, it's, it doesn't sound real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. Eh? Um, you mentioned that this takes place right after. This is actually the only time in the franchise that we see November 1st. Huh. True. Interesting, yeah. Everything, yeah. They all end before midnight on um, yeah. Halloween, which because is, as we all know, is October 31st. Because the um, the 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 equivalents to Friday the 13th are quite are, are more than just the, the similar villains, because Friday the 13th and Halloween are the only 80s horrors, well, that, you know, the classics that are, like, bound by the date in the title. And so, mm. so in the same way that Halloween 2 is the same Halloween as Halloween 1, um, the, what, like, Friday the 13th, was it 2, 3, and 4 are, are all nights? So, like, 3 and 4 aren't even yeah. Friday the 13th. They're, like, the 14th and the 15th or something like that. Yeah. But did you know that another piece of um, up top random trivia, and then we'll move on to the next film. Mm-hmm. Um, this is our second franchise of horror films that released part their second part in 1981, which includes a scene where a law enforcement officer gets cl- killed with a hammer claw to the head. Nice. So the first Friday the Thirteenth Part Two yeah, also yeah, came yeah. out. Nice. Very cool. Very cool, Michael <laughs> Thanks, Myers. Oh, and Richard. <laughs> hey. Hey. Don't bloody put me second to Michael Bloody Myers. Sorry. All right. Next film. <laughs> We've got Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, 1982, directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, who 
Do you remember that name, AJ? Yeah, he's the editor. I watched a video about this. He was the editor for the first film and like one of Pro- the props go props go oh sure yeah yeah but i think he edited it yeah. as well yeah so he because yeah, so. it was like him nick castle who played the shape and tommy lee wallace who was like props and whatever they and john carpenter mm. they were in a band together and they all did yes shit yeah i yeah. watched that cinefix video the coup de the coup de mains <laughs> something like that, something like yeah. that? yeah 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 so it's in good hands basically yeah 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 and and John Carpenter did the music as well and stuff like that. So what's this one about, AJ? What what's Michael Myers up to on this film? <laughs> Do, like we could not mention this this one at all in this podcast, or we could only talk about this one in this podcast. This is a strange. Or we can talk about it for one eleventh of the time. Let's go. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so Halloween three, season the witch. Um, I'm sure you'll have a more in depth explanation for this, but basically the plan was for after two uh, AJ, every... you just deal with the plot thanks and i'll 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 do the trivia okay all right i just wanted to <laughs> explain why what i was saying was not going to make a lot of sense <sighs> um what's this movie about it's about a doctor who after a mysterious patient is murdered in his care um he goes to a little town where there's a like a um novelty item manufacturer there called shamrock something um, silver shamrock silver shamrock and they make these halloween masks that are a witch a pumpkin and like a, a skeleton a skull that's yeah a skull, yeah. yeah um and him and his love interest go to this town to try and get to the bottom of, of the mystery and what it ends up being is that the the silver shamrock is like run by wiccans i guess and um at the end of the movie they televise a commercial for their masks that's been playing all the way through the movie and it's really really annoying um but basically when it when it plays every child who's wearing one of the masks as the commercial tells you it like flashes and they die or the people around them die what yeah, happened they, they die basically the the kids um we see one die yeah. Um. They 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 demonstrate the technology, and basically the the kid's head like turns into snakes and bugs, and it's mm. very. There's no gore in this film, but it's still kind of no. quite disturbing. And there's also robots in it. <laughs> like there are robots in this film. Yeah. So I'm guessing you didn't like it based on the fact that you didn't even remember the name Silver Shamrock, despite the fact that it said thousands of times in the film um i going into this do you know what i wanted to be real cool i wanted to be like halloween 3 is my favorite halloween movie like i wanted to like (laughs) defy the odds and be like you know what my continue the franchise is season of the witch 2 and then i watched it i was like i'm not coming up with a sequel to, to, to this um i put it seventh on my list so below halloween 2 um it is a very unnotable movie. It, it, I wanted to, I wanted to really like it, but it just lost my interest. Um, it's not terrible by any means. I think the part that really put me off is that the doctor and the daughter of the um, the the patient who died they team up together, and within like the first you know quarter of their adventure together he like makes some real dopey pass at her and they immediately have sex and i was like eh, well i don't buy this romance this is this is like the most we need them to get together let's rush along the chemistry kind of thing i've seen in the movie and when that happened i 
chicked out somewhat. And um, I mean, it's there's not a lot you could say other than that that I would say is necessarily bad about it. It's kind of wacky, um, and it has none of the iconic moments from the first two films, be that the music yeah. or the the villain. They don't show up again yeah i mean like it is still a good score it's done by john carpenter but um and and john carpenter and someone else but um yeah so there is one scene in the film where they're watching the original halloween on tv Mm -hmm. um so it's like michael myers does technically make an appearance in the film but yeah so the plan was to make halloween be like an anthology style film series where Mm -hmm. each each new every year a new halloween film would come out uh, that was just a horror film based on the, the holiday, essentially. Like, yeah, um, like Cloverfield. Yeah. This one under underperformed severely, so they went back to Michael in the next film, as you'll see. But um, since then, it's now... A, a lot of people consider it the second best of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, but it's, it's kind of... It's considered like a cult film. A lot of people consider it one of the best horror films of the 80s. Okay. Um, I I quite liked it. <laughs> um, yeah. like I, I, yeah. So every I love one of my favorite things about it, and you mentioned it being annoying, but um, in the and then in the original Halloween and Halloween two, every time you see Michael, you hear that like, like that sounds about the Godzilla theme song, but um, yeah, they. In this one, every time something evil is about to happen, you get this do 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 Happy Happy Halloween, 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 happy happy Halloween, Silver Shamrock. Yeah. And um and it's like it's a parody of scary music almost. Like, and, well, it's, like no, it, it it's seems Yankee like Doodle ex- went to town. It's it's yeah, a parody it of I mean, I know I know it's uh, yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> Why is it Yankee Doodle? Yankee Doodle went to town. No, it's not. It's no, it's um, London Bridge is falling down. London Bridge is falling down. Yankee Doodle went to town. <laughs> yeah, but like London Bridge continues. Yankee Doodle doesn't. <laughs> like, yeah. has a diff- goes off in a different direction. But um, <laughs> they um, yeah, it's um, like yeah. yeah so in the, in the first one, you've got this like amazing, terrifying piece of music that's like every time it seems like an experiment. To be like, what's the dumbest thing we can use to signify danger? Mm. Well, this whole and, movie and I, is I an really experiment. like that. I think it worked. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I I get that. Um, well, here's and also the, the ending's fucking great. I loved the ending of this film. What happens in the end? So basically, the guy, the main character, has found out what's going to happen. That all these kids are going to die. Um, and he's he he run he gets gets to a gas station and these kids walk in with their masks and they turn on the TV just as the commercial's starting and he's on the phone to like the TV station and he's like everybody's going to die you need to get this off the air you have to do it you have to do it he's like screaming down the phone and then you see the channel goes goes to static and he's like oh thank you thank you so much and then they flick they chase the channel it's on another channel he's like you need to get off that one as well you need to get off that one and he's like I'm serious millions and millions of people are going to die. The static channel goes to static. They turn a third one, and then he's like screaming. He's like, "Stop now!" And then it cuts to black, so you don't mm. know if he managed to succeed or not. So, what did this one and Halloween two get on on tomatoes? If the first one was ninety and it's nineties, well, oh yeah, what uh, second one got thirty one percent. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and this one got 43%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a 43% movie, I'd say. Um, yeah. You know, looking at what we got, I kind of wish they had done had gone the anthology route, at least for the next... Um, how many? So that's seven. Three. So the next four films I've got, I wish they were going anthology for. <laughs> yeah. Um. What did you rank? Um. The first Halloween on your letterbox, by the way. Second. Okay. <laughs> the first is <laughs> Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> that's not spoilers. Um. <laughs> that's a letter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yes. Yeah, so this also. Um. This was on Roger Ebert's worst films of all time list. Three was. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, which he also put Hellraiser 2 on, I believe. Good on him. Making it a second franchise to do that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, after a, a little bit of a gap, six years, uh, 1988, we got Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, directed by Dwight H. Little. What's this film about, AJ? Yeah. Um, so turns out Michael Myers didn't actually die when he burnt alive. He survived. And not only did he survive, but our old friend, Dr. Loomis survived as well. Yay. Um, and not a fan of Dr. Loomis. No, it's just unrealistic that they would both survive that like room being on you. Like maybe Loomis, maybe, but Michael, you see walk out of the room and fall to, to on his face and burn. And he also, um, had his eyes shot out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so in this one, it follows. So Laurie is mentioned. Um, she's actually she died in it, like a car accident or something. Yeah. I feel like I'm yeah. remembering. Um, so it follows her daughter that she had off screen. Um, and her daughter's name is Jamie. Jamie. Yep. Um, and. So it's basically, it follows her and Michael Myers returns and he wants to kill the, you know, the last remaining descendant. He's mainly after the foster sister of Jamie, right? The foster sister is more the main character in this than Jamie yeah, is. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Her name is Rachel. Rachel kind of is protective over Jamie. Um, the whole film is like just so boring. I ranked this eighth. So after two and three... Um, and it's basically the only notable thing about it is that at the end of the film, after they defeat... Well, the, the end of the film is fucking awesome. Yeah, sure. The end of the film, they defeat Michael Myers by knocking him down a mine shaft. And um, then at the end of the film, uh, Jamie, from her perspective, we see something that is uh, like kind of very familiar imagery from when young michael myers killed his sister in the first film and she attacks her foster mother with a knife to dr loomis's screaming of no not again not another one kind of thing so it kind of implies that there's a hereditary um trait that's passed from michael to jamie yeah so jamie's a little nine-year-old girl as well yeah i don't know if we said that yeah she's a cute little nine-year-old girl in this film Mm-hmm. Just a little kid, which is introduced to us. They will come up later on. Don't worry. <laughs> you're um, not just, I'm not just saying these things to be weird. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm not going to pull a Shane Dawson and not come back to to it. Oh, sick burn! 
I don't know. Um, all right, anyway, ubiquitous enough to to resonate <laughs> with all our listeners. But there you go. But yeah, so um, everyone wanted Michael back, so the executives caved and brought him back. Um, and it sucks. It at, sucks that they brought him yeah. back. <laughs> so jokes on you, public. Mustafa Akkad. <laughs> He's the producer. Um, yeah, anyway, he um, the original pitch by uh, Dennis Etchison was that um, Halloween would be banned in Haddonfield and basically the idea is the uh, the Streisand effect that the more you try to prevent something, the more it ends up happening. So they're trying to erase the memory of Michael Myers and then that was kind of going to bring him back into existence. But Mustafa Akkad said, no, he has to be there in flesh and blood. Right. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not I'm not for it or against it <laughs> because it's so yeah. just whatever. Um yeah. yeah. And um yeah, John Carpenter was going to come back and and do the, that that pitch, but then um he was like no nah, fuck it and sold the rights to um to the franchise so he wouldn't be involved anymore and that pitch wasn't part of the deal so they they were able to do something else. Hmm. Yeah, so I guess there's not really a lot to say about that i mean as we've said this is kind of a lull in the franchise but also this is kind of in a way it's like the least offensive so it's kind of the least interesting yeah yeah and like the the, i was lying there i was tired and i was just like uh this movie's so boring and then the ending did make me be like Oh fuck! Okay, this is yeah. this is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. What is <laughs> um, what does this one have on on tomatoes? Twenty eight percent. So what's that? That's the lowest so far. Uh yeah. Yep, it deserves that. I'd say <laughs> so far. <laughs> yep. Good. Um, <laughs> Feel real angry. Good. <laughs> Just serves you right. Um, nineteen ninety eight, nineteen eighty eight. Sorry, when that came out was the only year that we got that the world got. A Halloween film, a Nightmare on Elm Street, a Friday the Thirteenth, and a Hellraiser. Seriously, shit, hmm. that's crazy. So next we had Halloween Five: The Revenge of My- Michael Myers. Um, mm-hmm. So this came out in 1989. So um, only a year later, this was directed by Dominique Othenan Gerard. Mm-hmm. And what's this one about, AJ? So Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, begins in a place that I'm hoping you can clear up for me because I did not understand what was happening. So it's immediately after Halloween 4 and we see Michael's escaped the, the, despite being like ran over and shot a bunch of times, he's escaped the mine shaft and like went into the water and floated off to some dude who lives in a hut who like, yeah, little hermit. Yeah, means him back to health. But meanwhile, Jamie, who had just stabbed and presumably killed her foster mum, is now in a hospital where she can't speak anymore. But her mum, she didn't kill her mum. Is that correct? Uh... Because at one point the doctor like is holding her when she's silently screaming and she's like, do you want me to, um, do you want me to call your mum or something like that? And I was like, wouldn't your mum, the mum would be the last person she'd want to... <laughs> to call right now, but basically the the implication is is that Jamie was in another state when she did what she did and is now suffering from kind of like a 
psychic connection to Michael Myers. Mm. Yeah, so it completely undoes like the coolest part of the franchise. Yeah, by making part. her a sympathetic character. Because the cooler way to go with this film would have been to retire Michael Myers and have Jamie Myers be the new Michael Myers. Jamie Lloyd. Jamie Lloyd be the new Michael Myers. Like, that'd be dope. Like that, yeah, you know? I think that's what she thought she was doing. Yeah. Going into this film. <laughs> it ends with them all running into the woods to escape. Oh, Rachel, the main character from 4, gets killed. In fact, everyone gets killed except for um, uh, Jamie, who survives. And then she, they, they lock away Michael Myers, and she's waiting in the car. And then there's an explosion and she goes up into the cell where he's been kept and there's fire everywhere and everyone's dead. And then it just ends. Yeah. So he gets away. Yay. Hooray. <laughs> the, uh, do you remember earlier in the week I messaged you and I was like, I think Halloween five has one of my favorite pieces of trivia ever. What was it? So, um, we talk about titles a lot on this podcast and this piece of trivia has to do with titles. And this is just really strange. So you might have noticed this film's called Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. But when the title card comes up in the film, it just is Halloween 5. It's also on Letterboxd. It's just as Halloween 5. Yeah, and Rotten Tomatoes as well. Yeah. Um, but like the, the DVD or Blu-ray cover says um, The Revenge of Michael Myers and the yeah. poster. But um, in an odd coincidence, the fifth film of the Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween films all have a different title in the film from what it's shown on its cover. Crazy. And this one, The Revenge of Michael Myers, is missing. In Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning, Part 5 is missing. And in Nightmare on Elm Street, 5, The Dream Child, the number 5 is missing. That's the best piece of cult pop trivia that's ever been said on the podcast. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, that's fucking great, eh? <laughs> um... And but the comparison the, this this part this sort of um, trajectory the Jamie character especially has a lot of parallels to um, Friday the Thirteenth series which I think would be remiss not to um, not to mention. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the that remiss isn't a word. I'm making fun of AJ. Um, None of that. But is anyway, because <laughs> you're making fun of me because I said remiss on an episode two years ago that no one remembers. So carry yeah. on. What were you going to say? What do. are you remiss? But I do. Yeah, you do. You well, do. Um, <laughs> well, um, yeah, Jamie Lloyd and Tommy Jarvis are pretty similar characters. Yeah. They both appear, like, if you remember Tommy Jarvis from um, probably Corey Feldman in part four of um, Friday the 13th and then he's in the next two. But they both appear in uh, the fourth, fifth, and sixth films of the their respective franchises. They're both about the same age in their first appearance. They both become institutionalized and develop homicidal tendencies then, um, the, the, like after the killer. Which are also both immediately abandoned in the next film. Both Jamie and Tommy become the next Michael Myers only for that plotline to be heave-hoed by the time the next film comes around. And um, they both barely talk in the fifth entry. And yeah, their, their, their intention was to make them the killer. Hmm. But yeah, that's interesting. I think it's it's kind of like, it's in some ways, I guess it's kind of an obvious way for the films to go. Hmm. To try and like, like, I can understand why producers would be like, oh, we have to, we'll make someone the new killer. Hmm. And then be like, oh, no, people just like the killer too much. Yeah. Yeah, and they didn't yeah. learn lessons from each other. 
<laughs> mm. But yeah, like as, as we say, it's kind of the least interesting. Um, and do you know who agrees with us? Who? Fucking the general public. This is the <laughs> lowest grossing film in the whole series. Lowest grossing? What's it on Rotten Tomatoes? 14%. That's pretty low, bro. I've rated it ninth out of 11. So for those playing at home, Halloween 1 was second. Halloween 2 was sixth. Halloween 3 was seventh. Halloween 4 was 8th, and Halloween 5 is ninth. So by this point of the series, I'm just like, they're just getting worse. <laughs> like, as they go on. It's so annoying. What is Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, 1995, about, directed by Joe Chappelle? Right, so obviously they've dropped the six. Um, that's the first thing yes. you'll notice. Um, no, so this film, it's 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 years later presumably set in the future then i guess because um jamie's all grown up um and she well um six six years have passed yeah but she's she's like nine or ten in in halloween yeah, five and I, she's like i think 20s. it's this is one of those things that's like just one of those stupid things that they're like yeah it's been six years jamie's has a kid now yeah but so I was a bit confused. So it opens with a baby being born, um, and the the whole thing is that it it's Jamie's baby, and she's now part of this cult, like this cult where Mike, that Michael Myers resides in. Um, so the cult of Thorn. Yeah. So is like Michael? Did Michael? Is Michael Myers the father? Like whose baby is it? I think that uh, was like in the original script that michael was the father but then that was kind of removed but never replaced with anything right so it's like it's not canon but it's not not canon okay so anyway he chases yeah, so we've got he chases her down um and just like every other final girl in this franchise she she's immediately murdered at the towards the beginning of the next film but the baby the baby survives and the baby um falls into the, the hands of one Paul Rudd. Come on, you know Paul Rudd's character's name. Come on. Was it Tommy? Tommy Doyle, who is the kid that Laurie is babysitting in the first film. We haven't talked about this yet, but Paul Rudd is one of the many future celebrities to make their first appearance in a Halloween film. Like it's weird how many future celebrities appear in halloween films <laughs> yeah, this was his first film this he he filmed this before clueless but clueless came out like a couple of months earlier i think right and he sounds real weird he's got a real weird voice he talks he's got a like real this. fucking weird voice um and so he teams up with loomis who's been in all the movies so far by the way except for three um mm. and they also team up with like his next door neighbor the stuff you need to know from this is that it, how it works out is that michael myers is actually like the product of the cult of thorn um and he needs to murder all his family members and it's real to like pass the curse on yeah and it makes him immortal and shit as well the thorn timeline is kind of ridiculed by the fans mm. um the, like four five and six yes yeah, so this is paul rudd's first film and it was directed by Joe Chappelle, which makes this. And are you ready for the most overly specific piece of up top random trivia we've ever um, had? I think I am. It's hard to know. So, okay, well, let me know. Let me know when you're ready. Yep. 
Yeah, I'm ready. All right. So this is our second franchise, which is a ho- is a horror franchise, which consists of ten or more films. Contains a film directed completely or in part by Joe Chappelle, and in the aforementioned Joe Chappelle film, an actor makes their film debut who would later to go go on to appear in Party Down, Parks and Rec, Wet Hot American Summer, ten years later, and Knocked Up. What was the other one? <laughs> and um, Hellraiser Bloodline, Adam Scott makes his first ap- film appearance, yes. which is and partially directed by yeah. Joe Chappelle. There you go. What are we doing, man? What are we doing here? Is this the first time a director has crossed over from any of these iconic 80s franchises and has done... I mean, Hellraiser would have been um, after this, but... It might have been the first time, but it's not the last time. Oh, frick. Oh, fuck me, dude. <laughs> um, so... I ranked this... Um, ninth no tenth yeah so it's the worst of the thorns just because it's like it's so it's like it's the whole this is the the age-old complaint that explaining how the force in star wars is actually midichlorians this is the equivalent of that in the halloween series because it's explaining that this force of nature the shape himself is actually motivated by something that makes him less sympathetic or more sympathetic, I should say. It ends with yeah. them in the in this like accursed hospital, and Paul Rudd and the baby and the girl all attack Michael Myers, and the, and there's a kid involved as well. There's too many kids in this movie. There's a child. The main character, the main girl, is a child. I forgot about him, and he's like connected to Michael Myers as well. Um, and so they they attack Michael Myers in this hospital and they knock him down with tranquilizers and then Loomis delivers them out and then Loomis is like ah you guys go on without me I've got business to attend to and that we never come back to that Mm. and then um it slowly pans through where the fight happened and I think he's gone Michael Myers is gone that's the last of that original continuity Mm. more or less yeah kind of yeah this this film's pretty pretty bad there's um six percent on ron tomatoes yeesh and it's there's a producer's cut of this film which is i don't don't know if it's supposed to be better or what but um what the hell is a producer's cut like they they put more marketability into the film the producer's cut is the film (laughs) that's that's what a producer's cut is but uh, yeah apparently they they did like a, a test screening of the film and it was it was terrible but um and they they had they had to do reshoots of the film, and Donald Pleasance was unavailable for reshoots, having just died. Um, but yeah, he he died eight months before this movie yeah, well, came you, out. You only lived twice, so yeah. Um, once as Doctor Samuel Loomis, once as Donald Pleasance, and um, mm. yeah, they they had to do these reshoots. No one fucking wanted to do them, and most of the cast and crew vowed to never make a halloween movie again because the working on this one was so horrendous well it sounds like it's a good time then yeah it sounds like everyone had a good time mm. it's it's the only film with a male protagonist who's the male protagonist paul rudd i wouldn't even say he's the protagonist i'd say the chick's the protagonist she's introduced first and foremost and 
and also arguably Donald Pleasance is the protagonist of um, the. First well, one. he's the he's the MVP character. If if Deborah Hill is that her name is the MVP of mm. the entire of like the behind the scenes. Donald Pleasance is Donald Pleasance is the one you'd cast an A lister as in my cinematic universe. It wouldn't be you wouldn't right, it wouldn't yeah, matter who yeah, you yeah. cast Michael Myers as. It matters who you, you cast. You could cast Loomis like as. um someone like uh, Malcolm McDowell or something. You could do that. Um, <laughs> but um, also with this film now, um, Donald Pleasance has been in it what five times, which means mm. that this is our second film franchise to feature a character with the last name Loomis in half, but not in, in half, but not all of the films. Ah, oh, you're going to have to remind me. I do know the name <laughs> it's, Loomis. It's scream Billy Loomis and yes. Lo- Mrs. Loomis, which That's are named so after. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, named after him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you just want to move on? <laughs> I would love to move on because we get to some interesting territory here. The mm. next, the next so, ones are the most interesting. Like we've, I'm gonna if what you've just listened to is a severely he- edited down version of what was actually recorded because I'm gonna go back and edit so that four, five, and six are not as depressing and boring as they sound. <laughs> because, Good luck, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the next film we had was Halloween H2O 20 Years Later, uh, which came out in 1998. It was directed by Steve Miner, who also directed Friday the 13th 2 and 3. Holy shit. <laughs> mm. I know, That's dude. amazing. It happened again, Richard. Yeah, I... I, I pay off my bloody setups. Just call me Chekhov how I'm shooting these guns. Shane Dawson could, could learn a thing or two from you. But yeah, what's the opposite of a Chekhov's gun? Is it like a the op- a, a Shane Dawson's A, a Dawson's blog. blank. A Dawson's Creek. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so, AJ, what is this one about? Halloween H20. H2O. H2O. Just Add Water. H2O, Just Add Water, um, is about these three girls who get powers. uh, (laughs) They become mermaids because they're not ordinary girls. They come from a great blue underworld. Now, okay, so this film um, ignores everything from Halloween 3, I guess, onwards. Well, it ignores everything specifically from Halloween 4 to 6. Um, So it's essentially the new Halloween 3. And it's 20 years later, and Laurie's back, Jamie Lee Curtis is back, and um, she's moved on with her life, still retains some form of PTSD from the events of the first two films, um, particularly that she, you know, finds out that she was the sister of Michael Myers, so that's still canon. Um, and you know, it's just it's a film where <laughs> <laughs> this sounds real like you've been asked to tell the class what it's about <laughs> and you didn't watch it. Yeah, it's a film where lots of things happen and well, they do. we all learn something. So basically the the Michael Myers turns up again after everyone thinks he's dead, but he turns up again and um, Jamie Lee Curtis now has to like defend her child and like boyfriend 
from Michael Myers returning. The whole movie is very like stilted and weird and kind of off-putting. And then like the last 20 minutes are so badass because Michael Myers turns up again and her son and her son's girlfriend are like freaking out because he's just murdered their friends. And there's this one part, it's one of my favorite parts on the whole franchise where they're screaming, banging on the door to be let in. And Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie turns up and she like quickly lets them in just as Michael gets through the gate and she slams the door in his face, but there's a window in the, in the doorway. And so they stare at each other like five inches away from each other's faces. And it's like, it's so awesome because there's a look in both of their eyes that says like it's that it's back you know because they become quite and you know they're like they have a, a link now they have they have a relationship now Laurie mm. and, and Michael and so there's that look and it's so great and so then he manages to end up breaking in and a bunch of people get killed except for Laurie well the boyfriend gets killed and no one cares not even Laurie. She doesn't even react to it. Um, and then she she sends away her son and his girlfriend. By the way, the son and the girlfriend are yeah. played by Josh Hartnett and um, Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams. So not just random people. They're you know early early the um, early appearances of future celebrities. And um, and then we get into the next badass part of the movie where she sends them away and she's like, I've got to deal with this. And she grabs an axe and she walks up back up to like this big house that they live in and the, the crane camera zooms back and there might have been a, a thunder strike. Probably not. I'm probably imagining, remembering that wrong. But she goes, Michael! And it, the music kicks in, the Halloween music kicks in and it's like, hell yeah let's watch this this is so badass <laughs> like, like it's so it's so uh it's so effective and then she runs back into the house and fights him out and um ends up knocking him off off another balcony and um then while his body is being taken to the morgue um she steals a gun and hijacks the ambulance and so she's driving the ambulance with, with a presumably dead michael myers in the back and then um, he of course awakens and tries to attack her and she screeches on the brakes and Michael goes flying out the windscreen and then he stands up and she drives the ambulance towards him and crashes into him and they fall off a cliff together and she jumps out of the ambulance and then Michael jumps out of the ambulance but he gets pinned against a log and then Laurie walks up to him and he can't move and she lops his head off with an axe very cool very cool mm. um, I ranked this fourth out of 11th and i know that this is not the most popular movie and i'm not saying it's that good i'm saying it's fourth out of 11 mm. there's interesting <laughs> and out of a series that's mostly mostly that bad, you say it's it's the um not the most popular what makes you say that I, it's just something i know from like it's like people talk about it like how they talk about space jam like maybe just because of the silly title they're like, oh, what about Halloween H two O? You know, it's like the 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 one they tried to to come back with. Um, right, that's so really interesting know. because if you read any ranking of the films, you'll more than likely see this as number two. Okay, this, this no, is considered cool. the second best one. Like, it's considered a good sequel. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got fifty fifty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. You know, which is like with these schlocky horror movies, that's kind of as high as they get. Um, yeah, yeah. So we talked. You talked about how this 
um, ignores three to six. Mm-hmm. And what I kind of want to do is like we talk about things like retcon and stuff like that a lot on the podcast, and they're these kind of like filmy words that general audiences wouldn't know. Which to me is interesting that film audiences, uh, you know, w- would accept this and knew that twenty years ago in nineteen ninety eight. Um, mm. what 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 is a retcon, AJ? A retcon in film is when you either change something or erase a previously established thing from canon. So a good example yeah. would be it's short for retroactive continuity. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. A good example would be in spectre the james bond movie you find out that the villains from all the daniel craig bond movies were actually working for blofeld the whole time which obviously when they wrote casino royale they didn't think that but and it's it cheapens it but that's that's an example of a retcon they're mostly they're they're mostly bad retcons are mostly bad like it's only just recently that we're starting to get into things like halloween the new halloween and the upcoming term there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss that is six which are kind of doing positive retcons usually retcons are just cheesy and and a way to put more clout into something or change something up so yeah yeah um yeah but yeah i mean like you say it works on this one and uh, it was originally going to be just another boring sequel, Halloween 7, the fucking whatever of Michael Myers. But um, Jamie Lee Curtis had expressed interest in returning to the franchise. So Kevin Williamson, who you might recognize as the genius behind Scream, um, wrote a treatment for a film which added her back. And John Carpenter got offered to direct, and that's what got Jamie Lee Curtis really excited. She was so excited to work with John Carpenter and um, Deborah Hill again. Um but as we know, this wasn't directed by John Carpenter because he uh, his director's fee he said was ten million dollars, and because he, he you know he thought he was owed from the original movie, so get a bit more for this one. And the studio said uh, get fucked, and so Jamie Lee Curtis was already signed on, and she kind of it wasn't quite what they wanted it to be, but she still hmm. enjoyed doing it. And also, um, they brought another writer on to rewrite the film and he wrote enough that kevin williamson wouldn't be allowed to be like was wasn't enough to be credited and the studio really wanted to market it as from the people behind scream so they said oh, okay can you share credit with um kevin williamson and he said no so they, they they ended up with this film that was like nowhere near as good or as like marketable as they wanted it to be right so they could that's they... what you get yeah bob weinstein the worst thing that's ever happened to the Weinsteins. Um, so, cause you see, you do see them watching scream two in this film, mm. which is really interesting. And because in scream one, the, the, the scene from scream one where, um, Randy is explaining the rules to everyone. It's because they're watching the first Halloween. Yeah. So 
breaking the fifth wall. AJ, what's your what's your um? Does this mean that what is canon with what? No. Oh uh, uh, well. Hmm. I do have something like that, and it's not because of what you just said. What I'll say is this: I'm going to save this for later on. I think, but I I for some reason maybe I'd misheard something years ago. But I understood Halloween H2O to be a very different movie from what it actually was. I thought it was something completely different. And what, what, what did you think? What? Well, I'm going to save it because that's now my continue the franchise. <laughs> so okay. just know that there is a... Does this mean this is canon with this moment? But it's for my continue the franchise. Yay. <laughs> so fans of, of AJ's canon need not fret um uh another um this is less a actor making a early appearance this is an actor making a late appearance but well not late as in dead but um (laughs) um janet lee um appears in this film um and she janet lee from psycho obviously and she's driving the same car that she drove in Psycho. And there's a moment where she's talking to Laurie and she says, look, if you'll allow me to be maternal for a moment, which is funny because Janet Lee is Jamie Lee Curtis's mother. Mm. And Psycho is a film about maternity. Mm. Um, yep. No, I enjoyed this one. I, I was like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. this is a lot of fun it's it's it brings back that because like we're four five and six cinematic releases yeah this every film because they don't they don't feel like they were the the four five and six feel mm. like dvd releases and so this is the first one since like three which feels like it deserves the silver screen you know mm. the silver shamrock if you will <gasps> it's all connected <gasps> does this mean halloween three is <laughs> canon with real life <laughs> because you see halloween on the tv in halloween 3 so it is did you know that i was like i was so hoping you were gonna say that <laughs> you son of a bitch you sheep dogged me you put me in a corner it's like i was gonna <laughs> after you watched halloween 3 i was gonna message you taking the piss out of you and being like does this mean that halloween 3 takes place in the real world why well, did i not read about this <laughs> like, well it does though it does take place in a in a other layer of you know if halloween is a movie in halloween 3 then it, you know right but why why i mean why isn't halloween real and you know halloween 3 takes place in a in a higher realm where they're movies i don't know what we're so deep dude we're we're so deep in, into yeah. levels of reality right now um yeah you're right anyway <laughs> um uh another little fun connection between franchises is um on joseph gordon levitt he's also on this film yeah there you on go. his porch <laughs> Is um a statue of Butterball, the Cenobite. Oh nice. Not the ear buddy. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Um the Cenobite, which if you've forgotten, means member of a monastic order. From Hellraiser. Yes, from Hellraiser. Alright. <laughs> now my shortest bit of um like writing that I've done. Um 
Halloween Resurrection 2002, directed by Rick Rosenthal, who directed Halloween 2. Wow. What's this one about? Um, I just want to first say I ranked this one 11th out of 11 um, because this one, I this one makes me furious. <laughs> it's so basically it starts with laurie is in um a psychiatric institute again because or again or the first time well it, whatever she's she is even worse than she was in h20 h2o and it's because the the when she thought she she axed off the head of michael myers in halloween h2o she actually axed off the head of a paramedic with a crushed larynx who michael myers had put his mask on so that he couldn't be like hey i'm not actually michael myers and so she killed an innocent person and for that that alone i was like oh that's so stupid because the like the the (laughs) epic nature of you know all of it is like Ah, this, this, it was so awesome to see her finally, like, have retribution in H2O, and you've just taken that away from her. And then Michael Myers shows up, and he just, he kills her, he kills Laurie. (laughs) He kills, he, first of all, he tricks her, which is even worse, because it, it, like, diminishes her character's intelligence. And he kills her, and she kisses him before he drops her to her death. But it's like, it's like, you don't kill Laurie Strode. That's the rule. Yeah. That's the rule because otherwise you are you are taking away so much from what the legacy like what the series is built on is that it's about this like against the odds lone survivor who managed to escape a force of nature, you know? And they took that away. And and you know, if the rest of the movie was about characters dealing with that. Maybe if Josh Hartnett turned up again and it was he took the mantle and like he um you know was was the new main character dealing with his mother's death, then okay, maybe you're justifying that as a plot point. Maybe you are you are making it so that it's this sad tale about how like this woman who all her life wanted to um get back at the murderer who like ruined her her days and then she loses. Maybe you could go down that tragic route. But no, the rest of them... This, you could cut that scene out of... It's right at the start. goes for about 15 mm. minutes. You could cut that out of the movie, and this would just be another Halloween movie. It, like, yeah, but it only be like 60 minutes long. <laughs> well, there you go. So the rest of this movie is about a TV studio who are making a reality show where all the contestants go into Michael Myers' abandoned house and they all wear cameras and have to unravel a mystery and it's all supposed to be fake, but then Michael Myers actually shows up and starts murdering everyone while it's being live-streamed. So that's the plot mm. of this fucking stupid-ass movie that kills Laurie Strode. And the, he- the heads of the um, movie, of the TV studio are Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks. And Tyra Banks... Look, I can live with Tyra Banks. Buster Rhymes gives one of the worst performances I've ever seen in a film. He, 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 I don't even know how to describe it. He's just like, trick or treat, motherfucker. Yeah, it's so stupid. And at the start of the movie, he like convinces the final girl to be a part of it and not to, because she doesn't, she kind of doesn't want to be involved in the show at the start. And he like convinces, he's like, yeah, man, I got that. I'm so clever. And it's so stupid. And to make matters worse, he's, he survives out of all like probably like 10 characters in this movie 
Buster Rhymes and the final girl survive, and Buster Rhymes is responsible for defeating Michael Myers. He, like, electrocutes him, meaning that up until this point, the only two actors we've seen who have actually defeated Michael Myers are Paul Rudd and Buster Rhymes. And so, <laughs> they're so stupid. If you'd told me that beforehand, I'd be like, what, is this a, is this a, a joke? Is this a, like, is this a clickhole article? Like, I can't believe those are the two actors in the whole world that have the distinction, the honour of outsmarting and defeating Buster Rhymes. I mean, For, uh, up to uh, this uh, point. Michael Myers, yeah. Defeating Buster Rhymes? Yeah. <laughs> I want to defeat Buster Rhymes. Um, yeah. I mean, this is like... Uh, another weird thing that happens in this film that, like, ruins the legacy is... Um, they get to a door and there's a dog that's been like mauled and and ripped apart and one of them's like oh i guess michael got hungry so like michael eats dogs now yeah yeah michael eats dogs now you thought the cult was bad no nah. i'd take the cult over this bullcrap <laughs> um yeah so jamie lee uh but the producers were like um jamie was contractually obligated for a 30 second cameo but she loved the script so much she like did four days of shooting and we've got this whole this whole bit with her um she was like nah this film's a fucking joke i only did it because i was contractually obligated to i was gonna say she better not love it because her reappearing in halloween 11 kind of insinuates that she was not happy yeah, with nah, the you, direction that her character had gone <laughs> yeah you watch any there's i mean there's obviously tons of interviews of her, with her, of her recently talking about halloween and she's like yeah I did. <laughs> she's like halloween h2o what was is, is was fun and it was we're trying to do something good and then resurrection is just I, I i had to do it resurrection's the worst halloween movie bar none i defy anyone to tell me that any of them are worse yeah but do you know what's interesting they were like after um h2o they were like right we nailed it um let's try doing anthology movies again really so they put up on the official halloween website should we do um an, an anthology film or should michael come back and the poll said that michael should return so they fucking made this film stop listening to the people the people don't know of course they're gonna people pick, are fucking dumb that's, that's the that's the of course they're gonna pick michael that's not a surprising mm. thing at all um Oh, I just hate... What does this one have on Rotten Tomatoes? 11%. So it's not the lowest. It's higher it's than 6. Yeah. I'd take this over 6 any day. <laughs> Wait. No, you take six I'd take over 6 this, over yeah. this any day. Yeah, fuck. It's got no, me No, you said it. You can't no, take it back. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, yeah, so... I don't know. I don't think it's, it's, it's important to dwell on it. But uh, we did... In 2007, get a reboot, a remake, in the form of Rob Zombie's Halloween 2007. Mm -hmm. What's this one about? I mean, obviously it's a remake, but what's different? So, um, I ranked this one fifth out of 11. So, Mm. to not reveal the other spaces, Halloween 1 was 2, H20, H2O was fourth, and this is fifth. Um, so this one, it's, it's basically the exact same movie, 
but compacted into one half of the film because the first half of the film is a more in-depth um retelling of michael myers as a child where you learn about his like tragic family life that led to him killing his whole family um look it's it's yeah so there's not much else to say about it because i think more people die in this one um michael kills way higher body count yeah yeah michael kills more people but so maybe the first like the first quarter of it or maybe the first like two-thirds of it uh this backstory where you see michael who's played it's, it's it's just under half it's um the film's like two hours and one minute long i think and it's um laurie and whatnot don't appear until 52 minutes into it there you go so yeah basically we don't need to tell you the plot because it's the exact same as halloween except that it starts with a very elongated backstory um and you've got different people cast so you've got the main one would be loomis is now played by malcolm mcdowell of uh, clockwork orange and that episode of community <laughs> no he's in the whole season is he yeah, he's the he's the teacher in season four. Okay, well, yeah. So but he only appears in half of it in like a couple of episodes. But so I guess what is what is the critical reception to this film? Pretty bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most people didn't, like, including John Carpenter, didn't like giving too much of a backstory. Mm. Um, he said, um, I watched an interview with John Carpenter. He's talking about that, like, um, you know, he was like spoke to Rob Zombie and was like, you know, just make it your own do whatever you need to and in interviews there was like a documentary they made and john Car- and rob zombie talked about how you know he's like you know carpenter was pretty pissed off with a lot of decisions i made and um, I, I spoke to him and he, he wasn't having any of it and john's like so why that piece of shit lied i got no idea like <laughs> um and he says uh but what i thought in terms of what i thought of the film I think they took the mystique away by having him be by by telling too much of the backstory, and I think that they made him too tall. Okay, because he's like six foot eight in this film. I agree that they took away the mystique, but my attitude is also like, well, why not? Just do mm. something different. Like you, you know how every like three months the same Reddit post appears on our movies where it's like, oh, I wish someone would get a script and have five different directors direct the same script and see what it would look like. You know, different directors' interpretations of the same story. I feel like the Halloween franchise is kind of the closest we have to that because this is actually just if a Halloween movie was directed by Rob Zombie. Like, mm. it's it's super metal, it's super interesting and different. Everyone, t- everyone talks like a redneck, yeah. like, sex craze. Like, in the first scene of the film, a man refers to an underage girl as having a tight little dumper. And also, the, fu- the funny, the part that happened where I was like, Rob Zombie, you are trying to piss people off here is um when when laurie's first introduced so to reiterate laurie played by jamie lee curtis in the original films as we said is the, is the virgin she's very pure she's very chaste um she's introduced in this film obviously played by a different actress jamie lee curtis doesn't return as a 17 year old girl um and she turns up and the her parents are talking about their neighbor and laurie goes ah oh, that old guy's creepy he's such a pervert and her mum's like 
oh, I don't want to hear about this. And then Laurie takes two halves of a bagel and puts it over her boobs and she's like, ooh, you gonna touch my boobs, Mr. Neighbor Man? And she's like, Laurie, stop it! And then she starts, like, fingering the hole in the bagel, which, first of all, you're mixing up your imagery there, Laurie. Are they boobs? Are yeah, they... they titties or are they a vagina? <laughs> Look, just stick to one theme here, please. But, like, it's it's so, like, you could not make more of a statement about how this is a different Halloween movie than to have Laurie Strode, you know, the, the archetypal um, final girl, who you know, and come out and be, make, like, immediately make a disgusting sex joke. And, and But that being said, I didn't again it's like why not you know what I'm, do you know what i mean like mm. i it's it's i'm not precious yeah. about halloween and it's not like this was the last one that was ever made so it's not like this is the legacy we're left with this is just a different take on the same story and i didn't really have an issue the same lori yeah yeah there you go i didn't really have an issue with that because like i would say lori and her friends feel like updated versions of teenage girls in this like because this was in 2007 instead of 78 so they're a lot more i don't know i've heard girls talk talk like how the girls in this movie talk like the, the so there's a scene that's in both films both the original halloween and the 2007 halloween where one of laurie's friends tells her that she got her a date with this guy from school and in the original halloween laurie's like no you have to call him and tell him you were kidding seriously and in this one and in the rob zombie one um she's like oh my gosh you're kidding and, he, and her friend's like no because you need a boyfriend and then she like pushes her up against the wall and pretends to like hump her as they both like make comically inaccurate sexy sounds and i was like no those are pretty accurate I thought. <laughs> but but that <laughs> happened and i was like look I've I remember girls in high school doing shit like that. Like I was talking to my friend um Kate who's actually one of our patrons um who's seen a bunch of these movies as well and she was talking about hey, this Kate. movie. Hey Kate. And she she was talking about this movie to me and she was like, "Oh, it's so bad because it's like what 50-year-old men think teenage girls talk like." And maybe that's the case, and maybe I'm just that out of touch with what teenage girls right, talk Right, I thought like. you were going to be like, I talked to someone who used to be a teenage girl, and she's fucking wrong about what teenage girls <laughs> no. are like. Well, I mean, yeah, so I'm, I'm open to the, to the idea that I'm just, I just didn't pick up on that because I, I'm not, a, yeah, was never I think, a teenage girl. I think girl, the but... dialogue in this film is like laughably bad. And also I Scout Taylor I'd... Compton's performance as... Um, Laurie is one of the worst performances I've ever seen on film. Oh, I don't know what you're, why you're dying on this hill. So Richard messaged me yesterday saying like, "Oh, Scout Taylor Compton's worst actress ever," and I was like, "Okay, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go out to bat for her." But I was, I was very, I, I would describe her performance as unremarkable. I didn't think it was bad right. or good. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, it's not so much, not so obtuse in the second one but in the first one i was just like oh my god right um where a lot of, whereas it's interesting because a lot of people point out um sherry moon zombie playing michael's mum as being like distractingly bad and it's like dude you gotta stop rob you gotta stop putting your wife in movies because she can't act um right. but i mean i think i just wasn't maybe wasn't paying enough attention to her mm. um yeah there is um couple interesting things in this film um actually i just want to point out that so i was reading a reddit thread about 
um, the Halloween films, and they mentioned this one, and someone said, oh, I didn't like, and this, I just loved this quote. Someone was like, um, I didn't like how they gave him a, a full backstory and turned him into a, a redneck with tarred strength. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 2007. Come on. No, this is like this is like a week ago. Oh, okay. Never mind then. <laughs> oh, anonymous redditors hiding behind the mask of the internet. But yeah, just the term tarred strength. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, so the one one thing that's very rob zombie in this film is do you remember how Laurie's best friend dies? Um, it's a recreation. Oh no, she doesn't die. She's attacked. And um, what state she's in? She's she's naked. Yeah, she's got full boobies out. All of them. Yeah. And did you? What did you think of that? What did you think of it? So okay, my biggest issue with this movie, from a moral perspective, is that it's it enjoys it enjoys the the sex parts too much <laughs> like right. b- both so we're i don't know if, if people know this but there the next film we're talking about is actually a sequel to this film also directed by rob zombie and both are way more sexualized than the other films in the series um like mm. yeah so rob zombie i feel is like your your go-to example for a mid to late noughties director who did did movies where like naked zombie chicks would walk around i mean so the the probably the the most i didn't i didn't really want to talk about this too much because i I apologize if this triggers anybody um but there is a there's a rape scene at at, towards the beginning of this film and again it's 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 a rape scene that's that's like definitely not needed in the film it's between two of the two of the asylum um guards and a patient and it's how michael gets out of his cell but again it's filmed so it's yeah these these two guys come in and and rape this woman in front of michael to like provoke him but yeah like you're about to say it's filmed so that like the you get the feeling that the director's being is wants you to watch it and be like fuck that chick's real hot not oh my god that poor woman for for ref- when we we'll move on from this because I feel like this is a bit of yeah. a, a I, I interrupted to- you so that you wouldn't have to be the one saying that, but and <laughs> um, no, fair enough. Uh, but no, like, it, it's it's a very male gazy kind of yeah. scene. Yeah, and I was gonna gonna say, and we'll move on from this in ten seconds. I was just gonna say that the for reference, go watch Monster, directed by Patty Jenkins, and look at how unsexualized mm. the rape scene and that is, and that's if you're gonna portray rape on screen, how about you don't make it sexy because it isn't yeah i do just i do just <laughs> Look, want can we to, just <laughs> i do just want to come back around to the naked the sort of some nudity in this film so yeah, okay um the best friend gets attacked and she's topless and she's got these big breasts and they're covered in blood and she's running around but um, do you know who plays that? Who plays the best friend? Who? It's Danielle Harris, who you might remember played the sweet little nine-year-old girl we were introduced to in Halloween Four. I did actually read that, and then forgot that she was in them. 
that's 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 very uncomfortable. Yeah, so that that's why I focused earlier on the fact that she was nine years old when we meet it. <laughs> right. So, what happened was was that I was looking up actors' names to see if I knew them from stuff. Which, you know, you do mm. when you're a film buff, you do that when you watch movies, you know. Have I seen this person before? And I came across the girl who plays Jamie and noticed mm. that she was credited as being a scream queen. And I was like, is she really a scream queen if she's like plays a little girl in two movies? And then I was like, she also returned in the Halloween remakes. And I was like, oh, I'll have to look out for that. And then forgot it until 20 seconds ago when you brought it up again. So I yeah. so that's messed up. That's like how um, the girl from Robert Rodriguez's Spy Kids is in later Robert Rodriguez movies like Machete, <laughs> all sexy-like. And it's like, you yeah. grew up with this man and now he's got you doing sexy yep, scenes. The Halloween franchise grew up with this girl. She's also the voice of Debbie in the Wild Thorn Mirrors. Oh, good. Good for her. Fine. Let's see the Wild <laughs> Wild Thornberry's Halloween crossover we've all been Michael Michael goes on safari. <laughs> um speaking of crossovers, when they were talking about after doing a Halloween film after um resurrection, they put a poll up on the official site again being like, "Hey, should we the next film be a crossover with Hellraiser?" and everyone was like, "Fuck no." So they made this instead. Yeah, I was about to be like, why do they keep putting up polls to to make their multi-million dollar decisions here? But in this case, I don't know if I would have wanted to see a Hellraiser crossover. Because mm. I think, like, Michael, m- m- the Halloween series is va- is more stooped in reality than Hellraiser, which is, like, explicit magic. And, and, mm. and stuff. Like, you could, you can claim that all the Halloween movies are exist on like a reality similar to ours i guess hmm. yeah so anyway rob zombie made a sequel to that mm. um called halloween 2 sometimes referred to as h2 um which came out in 2009 mm. what's um, this one about i ranked this third <laughs> and i think i might be the only person in the world who ranks this nah. this movie third? I've seen this one every because I've I've just looked at a bunch of um, rankings. This you either see this second or third or last. Oh, really? There was rankings. Yeah. Okay, so pretty hot and cold then. Um, yeah, but I like <laughs> you're like I'm going to come in with all these controversial opinions. Then I'm like, actually, that's no. a very commonly held opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I feel better about that to be honest. But it's just funny though that like. My my second favorite Halloween movie is Halloween, and my third favorite movie Halloween movie is Halloween Two, but it's not the sequel to, to Halloween. It's yeah. the sequel to Halloween. Well, I, th- <laughs> I think the general consensus of this one is, um, and I think that this is what kind of Rom Zombie um, did as well, is that like this is the only film that isn't trying to recreate the magic of the original. One hundred percent. That's because just this what is- I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. This is like the fork in the road of like where for the first time they're taking another direction. Yeah, exactly. So this is, this is a sequel to a Rob Zombie film, not a sequel to a Halloween film. Yeah, exactly. So this one starts very similar to the original Halloween two with Laurie going to jail and Michael getting out, and then he kills everyone in the hospital. And just as he's about to stab her, Laurie wakes up, and it turns out it was just a dream, and 
it's been a year since the attack of the first the events of the first film and so for the only time in the halloween franchise with halloween 2018 included we see laurie in a time period that is different because we see her you know years later with ptsd twice we see her with ptsd well with ptsd three times if you include resurrection this is the only time we're like what happened a year later and so i really liked that um and again it tells a different story where basically michael is you know returning to wreak havoc basically but um loomis in this film instead of so loomis in the original halloween films is depicted as this very um machiavellian character he's like i have to stop at nothing until um michael myers is dead in the ground basically he's like he is pure evil whereas in the rob zombie movies and especially in halloween 2 he is a egomaniac who's wanting to make money off the books he's written about michael and is actually quite a bad guy and i'm gonna say it that's a more interesting character to me than right. than the other loomis because to me it's just like cool let's see what happens when like it reminded like if you ever look into like the oj simpson case one of the famous things people say about the oj case is everyone was trying to make money in that case so Mm. like the victim's family was trying to make money the the judge of the case was trying to make money you know like they're all trying to be famous because it was oj simpson and this is what loomis in this film feels like um well isn't isn't the judge one of like only two people involved that hasn't written a book maybe yeah well there you go right exactly like that's (laughs) that's how many people were trying to cash in on it and so i liked that characterization of him and malcolm mcdowell playing him does a really good job as well um also brad dourif plays the the sheriff in both the zombie movies and brad dourif's probably the best actor in the whole franchise (laughs) and he's he's in like (laughs) the rob zombie films um and I, i really enjoyed his performance in both these two films as well yeah i do just have to tell you to shut your your stupid whore mouth though um because um I presume you mean after Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, yeah. And if you don't, I'm going how, to how, fami- how, 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 how familiar are you with Brad Dourif, though? Um, not at all. I would say I'm open to Jamie Lee Curtis being proven a better actress, but I have seen more really good performances by Brad Dourif. Go watch, there's an X-Files episode. It's in season one called Across the Sea. Go watch that. He's excellent in that. Um, right, anyway. and you go watch Freaky Friday, and we'll see who wins. <laughs> um, so Halloween two, yeah, I don't know what else much to say about it beyond at, at the end, um, Michael Myers turns up again and kills a bunch of people. And throughout the whole movie, Michael Myers is getting visions of his dead mother and him when he was a child. And um, it ends with a big shootout where um, Michael Myers gets killed, Loomis gets killed, and. Uh, laurie almost gets killed but it ends with her being in an insane asylum also seeing visions of the mother um in a way that infers that she will take up the mantle of the halloween killer from here on out and another cool thing about this is that the the seeds of well the 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 plot point that laurie is michael's long lost sister is is planted in there from the beginning of the first film so it's not so much Mm. a bad plot twist in the second film she doesn't find out till the second film but it's more it more feels it feels way more intentional in the in this version than in the original two 
This is a good time. This, yeah. is, this is a good movie. Um, so apparently in the uh, director's commentary, Rob Zombie says that uh, Laurie uh, it actually dies and the psychiatric ward is like her final thought. Well, that doesn't really make sense, but okay. Yeah. I don't know. That's an unrated director's cut commentary. Mm, right. So I'm not sure if, yeah, what the deal is there. Mm. Um, but so this film... Uh, yeah, Rob Zombie said he never wanted to do a sequel to his one, but the studio said, well, we're going to make one. And he's like, well, I'll do it then so that no one else fucks it really? up. Really? Because this and feels like he did the first one so he could do the second one. Well, apparently he, he, when he pitched the first one, he was like, I, I'm i pitching two movies, his, an origin story and then a remake of the first film. Right. And um, then he condensed them down into one. This feels like you've got to watch Halloween 2 and Halloween in one go. Like, it feels like a four-hour movie. Mm. Right. This film also <laughs> stars Weird Al Yankovic and Chris Hardwick. <laughs> Woohoo! What do you think of that? Um, very bizarre, but a, a surprise, but a, to be sure, but a welcome one. Like, it's... <laughs> this is... The, yeah, this is new territory. We get, we get some of the only self-awareness that we see in the Halloween franchise, I think, with, this, with the, the scenes that those two guys are in. Um, they're on a talk show that um, Loomis goes on to promote his book, and Weird Al says f- says funny things. Like at one point, Chris Hardwick is like, "So, Doctor Loomis, how do? Well, no, he doesn't even say. It. He says like, how do you feel about all the um, controversy that's come out over your work and people saying that that you're just um, in it to make money?' And before Doctor Loomis can answer, Weird Al goes, "Well, you know, I disagree with that criticism, and it's real funny." Um, and there's mm. another point where he brings up Mike Myers. Um, yeah, the Austin Powers, yeah. Mike Myers. Good yeah. stuff. Which is funny that he's like canon. Yeah. <laughs> what else do you want to say about this one, AJ? This is this is your baby. Look, it's metal. It's metal AF. It's just it's a it's a good. If Which you is, are, yeah, it makes sense where it's directed by a metal singer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, no, totally right. Like I agree. I'm not. I'm yeah. not like being hoodwinked. I'm like, what? It's like, yeah, that's why it works because it's it's cool like that. This is if you're listening to this and you're 15 years old rent out these movies have a sleepover with your pals get some popcorn and some fizzy and just watch halloween and halloween 2 by rob zombie like they're that kind of movie i don't think people i don't think kids do that anymore yeah they're too busy eating ass it's 2018 aj grow up you're right um but yeah so this film is 20 percent with critics on Rotten tomatoes fine um, yeah <laughs> i'm not even mad but also this um, this means that Danielle Harris appears in the film in the series four times, whereas Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Pleasance both appear five times. Right. Um, so next we had Halloween twenty eighteen, directed by David Gordon Green of Pineapple Express fame. And spo- what's this one about? Spoilers from here on out for Halloween twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah, actually, yes, very good point. Spoilers for a film that's still in cinemas. Um, the cool thing about this film is it ignores everything between from one from one onwards. Mm. You know, it, it ignores them being siblings as well. Yeah, which it's, is only it's the first the second sequel film. where them being siblings isn't canon. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's the like the second go at Halloween too. Yeah, essentially, and so um, yeah, I think if you. You could go out and watch it now based on just your pop culture knowledge from this podcast. Mm-hmm. Or if you've only seen the first one, don't feel like you have to catch up. You can just go see this one. Because yeah. 
I would recommend it. I would yeah. recommend you guys see it because it's a good movie. So this one um, is about Laurie. It's 40 years later. She's now even more of a hermit than she was in the now non-canon H2O. Um, and yeah, she she's approached uh, this this is going to be a hard story to recount i might just do hit on the main beats because there's actually we'll talk about this later but there are a couple of like abandoned plot threads in this movie you know there's stuff of like the podcasters at the start that it's abandoned for a reason but it's still i don't know it didn't feel closure to me but anyway um well i mean they got killed yeah yeah so the the movie is basically about laurie laurie's estranged daughter who was taken away by child services because laurie taught her until she was 12 about how to survive being attacked by a serial killer and laurie's daughter's daughter laurie's granddaughter who just wants to reconnect with her grandma um and michael escapes the asylum goes on a killing spree turns up to kill everyone but this time laurie's ready for him and the climax of the film happens um in a a in laurie's house which is decked out to to um protect her family so they're in the basement um and laurie goes around looking for them looking for michael in her house and eventually they manage to trap him in the basement which is actually a trap where they set the house on fire and he presumably burns to death i kind of wish they showed him burning to death yeah i think that was really dumb (laughs) yeah um they if you stay to the end credits you hear him breathing but you know that could mean nothing yeah what'd you think of the film Uh, i ranked it number one i'd say it's my favorite halloween movie um Mm. and i also think this is a a statement on where reboot culture is at because you get things like um 2007 halloween you get other you know reboots from 10 years ago were were almost never or maybe reboots the wrong word but certainly like nostalgia films that bank in on nostalgia never used to be good and i think that's because in 2007 the incentive was let's do an updated halloween and in 2018, it was, let's do a Halloween that's an homage to the original. Yeah, I mean, let's do one that's, yeah. Yeah, so I actually think this is a positive move for um, bad distant sequels, is that they were bad because they were trying to update and be modern, whereas now we're so obsessed with nostalgia that they're becoming a bit more palatable and a bit more, um, you know, this film doesn't feel like it's trying to usurp Halloween. It feels like it, it's a love letter to, to the original film. Um, yeah. As I said, I I quite liked it. Um, I thought that there was some really kind of average plotting in it throughout. Like, for example, the the podcasters. They I know they die, but it's still like it feels like that story is going to be relevant for the whole film, and then they get killed. So that the start of the film is about these podcasters who are trying to tell the the true crime story of michael myers and they end up getting killed by him um there's the the main girl laurie's granddaughter her boyfriend cheats on her at one stage and then he doesn't even like get killed which is usually what happens yeah. in these kinds of movies that's also yeah that also is um, relating to that is my least favorite part of the film when she ke- she sees him kiss another person and and this is kind of a bigger discussion on horror films in 2018, but um, 
she she sees him kiss another girl and then they're having a fight and he grabs her phone and goes oh look your precious phone and he throws it in like a bowl of custard <laughs> and she just like gives him this look like you're so immature and walks off so two things one no one would ever fucking do that <laughs> two no one would ever fucking react like that like that that's so out of out of how good and well written this film is that is like one of the dumbest things i've ever seen like you it's written by people that like don't know how obsessed with their phone and i'm not being like characters are obsessed with their phones these days like they are vital pieces of technology to have and yeah. to have your one just like destroy and then just to walk away and not try to save it yeah was like ridiculous and it's like in 2018 it's just like a thing in horror movies of you have to um have them not be able to use their phone somehow yeah which is it's lazy and it's annoying and it's like i would i would much rather see a film have cell phones but you know you've got some other you've got other problems because basically laurie and the and her mum are trying to get a hold of her but but you know phone's not working and it's like you know have them get a hold of her and be like michael's on the loose you need to get here now and then she can encounter other trouble on the way mm. yeah but like the, the the whole like you know we, we still listen if you listen to our pay if you're a member of our patreon you listen to our generic, generic movie podcast podcast where we talk about boo too they have just the line our oh, phones don't work out here yeah yeah totally um so no i agree with you i'd like to go over a couple like this is dope moments in this in this film that i felt yeah well there's the dopest moment of the film which is obvious <laughs> um so i'll i'll save my favorite one for last so f- first i want to give a shout out to the the one take where michael just walks around the neighborhood yep. murdering people and the music's playing and it's real cool um which is actually in the second trailer if you want to see it but don't go want to go see the movie right um there's also one of the characters gets killed um and he gets killed in a in a private property where the security light goes whenever someone moves, and so mm. Michael doesn't move when the light's on, and whenever the character moves, Michael's changed position and stuff like that. That was a cool little you know horror movie setup. Mm. Um, but no, okay the 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 most oh actually no the other thing that was significant was that the replacement Loomis, who's another kind of weak element of the film, because <laughs> it was like at least make it like a female. You know, like it's mm. it's basically discount Loomis, who's exactly like him and studied under him. But there's a part where um they run over Michael, the cops run over Michael, and and the cops like, oh, we got him, and then the replacement Loomis like kills the cop because he's obsessed with Michael. Um, which again, you know, in a we were talking about this after we saw it with the, the people I saw it with. There's a there's a um enticing idea there to kill off Michael uh, three quarters of the way through the film and have the essentially Loomis become the new Michael. It's enticing. Yeah, because he puts on the mask. He puts on the mask. It's definitely not as good as an idea of what does happen. But when that did happen, I was like, oh shit, he just got snoked. Like, like where where are we going now? What's going to happen? And mm-hmm. it didn't play out, thankfully, because I didn't really like the Doctor character who immediately gets killed like two scenes later. Um... In the most but, ridiculous part. Of the yeah, scene. he gets he gets his um, head stomped like it's a pumpkin and it mushes because skulls aren't yeah. strong. But also, um, uh, when 
Jamie Lee, when Laurie meets the new Loomis, she goes, I'll oh, see so you're the new Loomis. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the... Wait, before we get to like the, the obvious good part of the film, can I just say my two that got me? Um, yeah. That got me. Um, so one, you see the silver shamrock masks <laughs> quite prominently in one scene. Yeah. Um, and I was like, eh! um, but the other thing was, uh, so there's the cold open of, which is the same way the trailer opens of like the, the podcast is going to see Michael. And then it like cuts, like smash cut to um, Halloween, the title in this familiar orange font and the music starts and it has opening credits and films like don't have opening credits anymore. Mm-hmm. And it even says like, and introducing so-and-so mm-hmm. as Allison. Yeah. And it's like, yes yeah Th- that got i was like fist pumping i was so excited yeah yeah it's cool stuff okay so the most badass scene in the film would be the well the climax as a whole so i don't know if you've seen it you might not want us to be relaying it so in depthly if you've just seen it but if you haven't seen it then i feel like we have to so basically um uh karen who's laurie's daughter is in the basement and Laurie's moving around the house trying to find Michael. There's a part part where he actually like smashes his hands through the window and like grabs her. And you 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 know the filmmakery here is like you fall for it. You know, did you? I was like, if I I was actually like, if Laurie dies here, this is going to be such a disappointing <laughs> end for the character. Um, yeah, I didn't fall for that. <laughs> no, I was I was because well just because they've killed her before, so I was like. Like, yeah. are they, have they not learned? Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't sure if Laurie would survive, but I knew it wouldn't be then. Right, and she and she ends up shooting two of his fingers off, which is dope. And um, and then she like slowly like moves around the house trying to find. Eventually, he like attacks her and throws her off the balcony. And just at that point, um, Allison, the granddaughter, shows up at the house, having found them. And while Michael's distracted, thinking about what he's going to do next, he looks down, and just like from the first film, when Michael got thrown off the balcony, now Laurie's gone, and it plays that one twang from the soundtrack. And mm. it was like, I I said, fuck yeah, in the cinema, people around me laughed. It was great. Because, like, it was very cathartic, you know, to watch, mm. to, like, to binge an, a 40 years worth of films in two weeks and then see like a sick payoff like that. Mm. And it's like, and from that moment on, the tables kind of turn and it kind of becomes Laurie's the invincible one now. You, you mm. know, you can't kill Laurie now. So anyway, um, Laurie's, you know, disappeared and um, Karen manages to get uh, Allison to kind of, she opens up the, the secret door and brings her in. But um, Michael works out where it is and um, Karen picks up her gun with her initials on it that she was taught to use as a kid and um, she opens the, the the door and she's aiming and she's crying and she's like, I can't, where are you, mom? I can't do this. I can't do this. And she's like sobbing and stuff and like she like lowers the gun and then um, Michael like, you know, turns the corner and looks down at her and she immediately, the, the the sadness on her face drops and she goes, got you, and shoots him because it was all a fucking ruse and it's awesome and it's like, <laughs> hell yeah, and it's, um, it's uh, what's her name? What's the actress's name? Judy Greer. Judy Greer, who's badass. And as she shoots him, the camera like zooms back up and you see Laurie right behind him and she goes, happy Halloween, Michael, and like gets him and it's, ah, it was... It's like, you got to understand, at this point, the only people to take out Michael is Paul <laughs> Rudd 
and, and Buster Rhymes. <laughs> we like the, you don't you, this this series really holds back retribution from you in a way that's really unsatisfying. And so to finally get after forty years a decent defeat. Um, more or less of michael and um they that she like knocks him down and they get out and then these bars come across and she like lights a match and blows the house up and it's like i mean their dad died so that kind of sucks but they don't really dwell on that very yeah long. no one cares. Um, <laughs> it's real i wish they kind of didn't kill him to be honest i felt like it was only if you're not going to deal with it because you don't see them react to it mm, well because it's not even i felt like you're not even really shown that um Laurie knows, but the other two, you don't really know that they yeah. even find out. Yeah, and I, I kind of wish they'd figured out another way to write him out than to have him be like a meaningless... Because that's like, you know, that's their 40 years of PTSD is now they've lost their father slash husband. Mm. But look, anyway, what is what is this a good movie? Yeah, it's a great movie. Is it a transcendent, profound statement on the genre of slasher and Halloween as a series. No, it's a good, it's a really good movie. Um, but it doesn't, it's not, it's not, it's not profound. It's not anything to write home about. Mm. It's just a good time, you know? Yeah, it's, um, it's currently sitting at 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, totally. That's, yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it is a really good movie. It, it's not, definitely not without its flaws. There's no. a couple of, um, misplaced bits of humor like strange bits of humor like mm. there's um these two two cops like right before the climax these two cops are sitting in a car and they're talking about barn me vietnamese like sandwiches essentially yeah and it's just really yeah they, they felt, place. They, there's also yeah you get a lot of like random halves of conversation like there's another scene where it cuts to this the two characters you haven't seen before, which is the son and his father. And the son's like, "Look, I respect your wishes. I just, I really want to dance." And it's like, "What is, what, what specific dialogue is this that we're not getting <laughs> yeah. like any more eyes and into?" It's, and it's also like an eleven-year-old boy and his like seventy-eight-year-old father. <laughs> <laughs> um, one one bit of humor that I didn't really like in it was. Um, and I know this is a popular character from what I've read, but one of the babysitters who gets murdered, she's babysitting this little kid and he's, he's a real smart ass and that's funny and that's fine. But then when she's getting murdered, he like runs up the steps and sees, and he's like, nope, I'm going to go get help. And it's like, um, this is ruining the moment <laughs> to have mm. that kid be like still being a com- comic relief and like during a murder happening in front of him. Yeah. And then you never yeah. see him again. Another kind of like abandoned plot thread, it almost feels like. Yeah, what else? Um, I mean, cause it's just because it's so fresh in my mind and it's so recent and it's so good. I feel like I can complain about it. But like, yeah. um, there's also Judy Greer's delivery of her backstory. Mm. It's like the worst piece of acting in the entire series. Yeah, it's <laughs> worse than like, Buster Rhymes. <laughs> yeah, it's real. Because Judy Greer is not a bad actress. But oh my God, she's just like... My mother, yeah, fucking maybe yeah. made us use guns, and it's, it's like, like they used what are they you doing. It's like she was just doing the lines for the scene, for like blocking, and they for lost. Timing, yeah. They lost the takes of them doing it better, and so <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Weird. So um, John Carpenter again returned to score the film, which mm-hmm. is great. Great hearing his music yep. again, um, yep. and apparently he was quite involved in the development because uh, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride wrote the film and they, they you know went to john carpenter and they they got him to like kind of help with um 
with solving problems and, and things like that like oh you know we've ridden ourselves into a corner and john carpenter would help them yeah he said like like things like how does how do we get him to get the mask and the mechanic suit like these iconic elements how do we bring them back and mm. yeah apparently um danny mcbride didn't appear in the film because they didn't want to cheapen it with like celebrity cameos and shit like that yeah um which which was which is a good call and it shows like self awareness from Danny McBride. But they they did an AMA on Reddit recently where um basically that someone asked like what would you have done if Jamie Lee Curtis didn't come back and Danny was like you would have had me playing Larry Strode and no one would have wanted that. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Fucking Larry Strode. <laughs> cool, cool. No, it's good what's stuff. Up, I, what's up, I, dickhead? I'm Larry fucking Strode. <laughs> you, it's Mark. He like takes out Michael Myers and he rips his ma- mask off. He's like, my mask now. Puts it on. Totally my mask. <laughs> so here's my fucking mask. <laughs> it's a <laughs> hot rod reference. My favorite. My favorite yeah. Danny McBride film. <laughs> I've been drinking green tea all um, goddamn day. You're gonna beat the demons out of me. I go to church every goddamn Sunday. So good. Sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> I, I can't imagine anything's lamer than a movie podcast just quoting movie lines at, at you. So I'll stop. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, so the the one of the biggest things this film does is ignore Halloween two, which is and it even comes out directly and says that it's dumb because in the film they're like, wasn't it a brother? And like, no, they weren't brother and sister that's just something that some people made up well i didn't i think i thought there was maybe like a more delicate way to shoehorn that line in there to be honest um i felt like it felt very it felt too on the nose to me but whatever it's not a big deal Mm. there's um but i mean I, i think it's a cool decision because michael as a character is scarier if if you know his victim could be anyone hmm, exactly and as i said at the start about how initially i didn't like him that the shot that kind of won me over as as to this is the character that michael myers needs to be was when they're like looking down into the basement and the bars are over it and he's there's fire everywhere and he's just staring up at them and it's like damn you couldn't do that with a sympathetic character like you couldn't do that with a humanized mm. character yeah he's the shape man to shape to shape um but also so with this film um jamie lee curtis has played laurie strode in five films each in a different decade how ridiculous is that insane that's great seven she played her in 78 81 90 uh 98 2002 and 2018 nice that's awesome yeah. I want to see GQ. Can you please do a? They probably will do a. Jamie Lee Curtis talks about her most iconic roles. I'd legit. That's a legitimately oh. good. Like I would love to see her talk about her most iconic roles. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That would be so good. Hearing you talk about Freaky Friday, Halloween, and Freaky Friday, the two Jamie Lee Curtis. Movies. <laughs> it's, it's like twenty minutes long. It's just ten minutes on each of those yeah. films. Um, yeah. Fuck. I hope they do that. Um, so, yes. I think I have one more thing to say about this film, but I've forgotten it, so I will move on. Oh. To, um, let me just go over if there's any, um, up top random trivia I forgot to mention. So, um, this is our fifth longest franchise in terms of runtime, um, after Freddy vs. Jason, Godzilla, Showa, X-Men, and Land Before Time. Uh, but it's our fourth by number of films because there's more films than X-Men, but the films are longer in X-Men. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's also our, I think, sixth franchise that we had to go to the movies for. Oh, yeah. After Ghostbusters, Transformers, Bad Moms, Daddy's Home, and Mission Impossible. And Logan. Oh, Logan, yeah. X-Men, so several. Um, um, I've got one. <laughs> okay, yeah. I think it's our... And I've got one more. It's our second one. It's our second longest franchise. No. It's the franchise with the second most amount of reboots after Godzilla. Yeah. Or it might have the same as Godzilla. And if you count there being two with Halloween 2018 being a sequel to Halloween 1978, then I think that puts it one up above Godzilla. But it is the most amount we've seen a film rebooted in which the same actress returns to play mm. a character, I think. something I, I worked this... Basically, there's a lot of rebooting yeah. in this um, series. It's, also, it's our second franchise in which an iconic horror villain doesn't speak until the ninth film in the franchise. What does he say? Well, because in, in Halloween, oh, right, yeah. when which like, is the yeah, ninth for the yeah. Rob Zombie one, he just speaks. But in, um, in uh, Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday, he has one line of dialogue that's kind of there by accident. Doesn't He possesses someone, right? Yeah, and, and the they speak because they're talks. like, fuck, we need to not give away who it is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, and that's, uh, that's a lot of things. But yeah, also it's weird this film, uh, we talk about titles a lot on this podcast. Mm-hmm. and um we're gonna do that now the original script for halloween was called the babysitter murders um and it took place over several nights but to keep budget down um they made it all happen on one night so they wouldn't have to change costumes and they chose halloween because it's the scariest night of the year that's a cool story of how to get the title mm. what do you think of the babysitter murders um uh similar to toy story how you couldn't really call the f- whole franchise that yeah, I did like in Halloween 2018 that it's referred to as the Babysitter Murders. Right. They're like, nice. you know, in 1978, he's like, the Babysitter Murders. Also, which reminds me of the thing I was going to say about how 2018 is that um, they're talking in the car and they're like, oh, it's like, is there a compulsion that like drives them to go? And they're kind of talking about the Cult of Thorn. Right. It seems like they could be referencing that. But um, some alternate titles of um, the film. So the shooting script for... The Revenge of Michael Myers was labelled Halloween 5 and things go bump in the night. <laughs> and? And things go... <laughs> just <all> things. <laughs> um, the, uh, the Curse of Michael Myers was originally titled Halloween 666, The Origin of Michael Myers. And there were work prints and teasers with that title. It was later renamed Halloween 6 and then the final title which loses the six i like halloween 666 the origin of michael myers i think that's a better title yeah. Yeah. uh well what about this one entertainment tonight aired a segment um about the film where it was called halloween six michael's back it's just stupid <laughs> he's back in all of them yeah uh and then of course we've got halloween h2o 20 years later which has got to be one of the worst fucking titles i've ever heard yeah, it's it's this legally blonde situation where like the movie's not about water. Yeah, if it was about water, yeah. you could call it that. Mm. Well, it's the seventh film of the franchise, and water has a pH level of seven. Oh well, never mind then. <laughs> it's a brilliant it's title. Perfect title. But the working title for that was Halloween Seven: The Revenge of Laurie Strode. Oh, that's awesome. 
I mean, take out the like, seven because it's the, a reboot. The, but yeah, because if if they paid attention to if they kept um four, five, and six canon, hmm. then this would be cool to do like the blank of Michael Myers, the blank of Michael Myers, the yeah. blank of Michael Myers, the blank of Laurie Strode. Totally, totally. I love it. Uh, then we had Resurrection, which was originally called Halloween The Homecoming. Yeah, it's, Resurrection's a weird title to give it. I think Homecoming's better. Well, I think... Yeah, but I think... Um, to to make audiences be like, yeah, no, he's he's back alive because he's so definitively dead at the end of the last one. Uh, a marketing yeah. decision, yeah. Uh, Hallow- the 2007 one... Not sure if this was necessarily when Rob Zombie was attached or like whether we got another sequel, but it was originally called uh, Halloween Retribution. Right. Rather than just Halloween. Um, and then... I just shrugged, which you couldn't hear, <laughs> but that's what I did. The, the newest one they talked about calling it Halloween Returns. I think that was before um, the, like it took shape of what it is. And also Halloween H40, 40 years later. <laughs> but... Um, Halloween returns. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I've got this quote from um, David. What, it returns every year. He <laughs> <laughs> um, said, apparently, it was a there was a discussion about calling it the shape. So you know, do we call it the shape? Do we call it Halloween Returns? What do you call it? Technically, it's the third Halloween too. It kind of got to the point where we like, well, we don't want to not invite anyone. We would don't want someone who's unfamiliar with the previous films to think, well, I need to catch up. So we just thought, for simplicity, let's call it Halloween. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. What would you have thought about calling it the shape? Nah. It, you, you're not. You're completely losing your audience there. Mm. Like, I didn't know he was called the shape till like the third movie. What about? So. <laughs> what about calling it Michael Myers? No. Oh, stupid. Shut up. <laughs> um, we talk about taglines now, and I only want to talk about this because I really like one of the taglines. Um. So, the tagline for the first thing, for the first, for the first thing, whatever, um, the, for the first film was the <laughs> night he came home. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? I don't know. It's not really clear what it's talking about if you haven't yeah. seen it. And then the second one was more of the night he came home. Stop this. But then the tagline for the third film is the night no one came home. <laughs> That's dope. That's fucking awesome. Although, I was like, it kind of. It kind of emphasizes the main quote unquote problem with your movie. <laughs> the night that doesn't have the reason people watch these movies in it. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, because not only is it like saying Michael Myers isn't in it, but it's like the whole thing of like, your kids aren't coming home tonight because they're going to die. Yeah. Oh, no, that's cool. It's such a fucking cool tagline. And then the tagline for the fourth one was 10 years ago, he changed the face of Halloween. Tonight, he's back. And then we just get into oh. shitty horror things. So, All right. time to continue the franchise. John Carpenter has said that the 2018 one is the last Halloween film. However, they are contractually obligated to make a sequel and the writers do have ideas for it. They originally pitched two films, but they were like, oh, we'll see if the first one works before we you know, don't want to count our chickens before their eggs in the basket. Yeah, I don't know. I... I walked out of Halloween 2018 being like, I never want to see another Halloween movie again. Like, <laughs> it's so definitive to me that, like, I feel like to to cheapen it by having him come back would be so lame. Mm. Do a sequel to Season of the Witch. <laughs> but then they do... Um, 
they do like kill him in like the least efficient way possible by burning a house down around him and we don't see him die we don't see a body and it's like yeah i know and that's and... what i'm saying they should have shown that it's annoying yeah. they didn't yeah i would have loved to have watched like a close-up of michael myers mask melting around his face and just seeing his face burn up that would have been so dope mm. well even just like he's right there on the stairs like why not just shoot him in the head and let his body burn yeah 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 what'd you Come make on, of the last shot as well what was it so they're driving away the three generations of strode woman and the um the house is burning down michael's trapped in the basement and um the daughter is holding the bloody knife and it freezes and kind of just zooms in on the knife um i don't know is it is it like implicating that that shit's gonna go down again or whatever yeah i don't, I don't know. know it's like now they're prepared for the next time or yeah take you know what this halloween 2018 was the movie we needed in 2018 though wasn't it like a movie about three strong powerful women who take down a male abuser like maybe that's what it was doing (laughs) yeah like (laughs) it was being like hurrah they did it yeah from from a franchise that was once produced by the weinsteins (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) Uh, yeah, so, AJ, do you have your... Well, I mean, I'm going to go my continue the franchise first because you've ruined it. Um, so, yeah, I was going to pitch a sequel to Season of the Witch. Yeah. But you've made fun of how dumb of an idea that would be twice already. Well, changed my mind. Well, I don't know. I, I was hoping we could, like, collaborate on it because I couldn't really think of what to do. But I would do, like, it's set, you know, 40 years later whatever and 40 years ago millions of children died watching this commercial and i mean you'd have to do some kind of like it's back sort of thing but yeah how the world would have changed if there was this giant like cull of the population like it's like a reverse baby boomer there's there'd be this generation that has like very few people because they were you know and so now, now seeing these people that are protagonist age, that are the ones that survived this cull. Mm. Dude, that's a better idea than what I've got, man. You think I'm making fun of it? My idea is the stupidest thing out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. Well, then what's your stupid idea? But actually, do you know, uh, do you know what? I was just fucking reading about Halloween, as, as you do when you're doing research for a Halloween podcast. Um, and there's a fucking trailer out for Halloween Return of the Witch, which is like a fan film, some so what someone's made a feature length film someone's made that it's a sequel to halloween 3 so um all right so this is this idea is a combination of what i thought h2o was and me updating that to work as a sequel right so there's these three movies my movie is called h5o and it's 50 years later so we got 10 years to make it and (laughs) in this movie they are rebooting halloween once again after the first film but we take it this is the the one well not the one but one of the sequel tropes missing from the halloween franchise that we've seen in others with there's no michael myers in space and there's no super funny meta sequel that we get with like scream and and um 
the like seventh hellraiser film so this one's set in the real world or the same canon as season of the witch i guess <laughs> if you want except children didn't die in this one so maybe not dude we can um, combine our sequels it's 50 years since the original Halloween and they've got Jamie Lee Curtis back on board to play a, another rebooted Laurie Strode. And she's like, I don't want to do this. Like this is, you know, whatever, but she's contractually obligated or whatever. Um, but during this time, there's a guy named Michael Myers in real life, whose whole life has been ruined by the fact that he shares a name, not only with Mike Myers, but with this famous serial killer from the Halloween films. And in like a publicity stunt for H for the new H 50 movie, um, they actually cast Michael Myers, Mike Myers in it as like a gag, but he, what, unfortunately like he doesn't, Myers? Mike Myers is in the film. Mike, Mike, like um, Shrek, Mike Myers. Yeah, Austin Powers, Mike Myers is in the film. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so they can't, they can't actually shoot with him though, because unfortunately, two days before he's scheduled to shoot, shoot Mike Myers is unfortunately horrifically murdered, and he's murdered <laughs> by the the real life Michael Myers, who then shows up on the set and starts murdering off all the different people on set because they ruined his life by naming by him being named after the the character and everyone always made fun of him so he's killing everyone named mike myers well so he, yeah i guess he could kill all the right and and this is what and this is i what thought, thought h220 was. was about jamie lee curtis i don't know why i thought that right. the movie was about was like set in a like i was planning to come into this podcast and be like does this mean that um halloween 3 season of the witch and h2o are the same canon because they're both in both movies, Halloween is a movie, but that's not. I don't know why I thought that's what H two was O was about, but that's what I thought it was about. Because mm. you got like New Nightmare. Yeah, exa- it's the, exactly. It's There's the another example. I this essentially I want to make the new nightmare of the Halloween franchise. So what do you think of that idea? That's pretty dumb, eh? Yeah, it's pretty fucking dumb. Um, yeah, it, it is a it is a dumb idea. Thank it's you. a really dumb idea. I've started aiming for dumb ideas so you don't hurt my feelings when you say my good ideas are dumb. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like that this film didn't go to space. But, um, you know, the, 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 the name Michael Myers comes from... It was the European distributor for Assault on Precinct 13. All right. And John Carpenter was like, you know what? That guy did me a, did me a solid. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do him a solid. Didn't name, name this character after Well, him. he's the character then. Who goes and murders Mike Myers yeah. and Yeah. All I did was fucking distribute Assault on Precinct <laughs> thirteen and <laughs> in Europe and now this is what I have to deal with. Mm. Well, good stuff. Right. I think we need to hightail it out of here. I've got a game of Catan to get to. I've got a bloody I've got a pulled pork waiting in a slow cooker across town with my name on it. So thank you very much everybody for tuning in to this very, very long episode. Again, um, this isn't one I expected newcomers to listen to, so no harm, no foul. Um, We are doing the next episode we're doing is a Patreon-voted episode. So next film franchise, Fortnite's. We are doing, as voted by you, the listener, and I don't know why I'm looking for it, because I know what the answer is. Yeah, it's Final Destination. It's Final Destination, um, with a shocking... 10 votes on the patreon for that film Jesus. um look 
if you guys are all right <laughs> we're pretty drained on on like violent horror slasher movies but i guess we're doing another one um no but we're, we'll have all this time to recoup and we don't even have to start watching them for like a week anyway because there's only five um so we'll be doing that next fortnight um next week we'll be doing the state of sony and talking about the marvel spider-man sony characters universe and how that's going wrong or right whatever um and yeah so and i thought we could also the next one maybe after that after final destination we can do one mega fan mail read episode because we got quite backed up a lot of fan mail that episodes are getting too long to read that out on so that could be an option um yeah but other than that you know find us on facebook find us on patreon for as little as a dollar you can you too can suggest and vote for a franchise for us to cover and you also get if you pay five to ten dollars you get two exclusive podcasts a month um one where we look at recent additions to franchises we've already covered and one where we watch just any movie that you voted on so check that out if you like find us on facebook youtube instagram um, Twitter and you can email us at copoptionmedia at gmail.com we just released a video that's doing really well about comedy meta comedy and film so hmm, where did that just appear yeah it got reposted by the AV club which is kind of a a new thing for us that's never happened to us before so please go check that out I've been AJ and I'm sorry to be pulling the plug and not giving you like a delicate nice ending I'm just really concerned that people aren't going to listen to a three hour podcast and I've oh been Richard, and I don't give a fuck about your time, because whatever, you if you're driving while listening to this, you've just got more content for your drives. I personally, I love long podcasts, but I yeah. understand that maybe I, others Personally, don't. I don't like podcasts, I don't, I don't listen to them. Who wants to listen right, to some fucking dudes just yabber on for like three hours? Nobody cares! All right, goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. Mm. 